Hey everyone, welcome to the Earn Five Star Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com. And joining me tonight is the Commissioner in Spirit. Spirit In Spirit only tonight. And the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Brendan, I got I got one question for you tonight. Yes. How many times a week do you think about the Roman Empire? I mean, every day. Yeah, when I saw this, when it was like... In its Why is this so surprising to... This feels like this is surprising to women. Like, why, I don't think like, that why they understand real, that we love history so much. And I, I actually asked some of my friends this question, and I had a buddy that was like, I mean, I don't know, never. And I think less of him now. You should. Like, how could you not? Every okay, day, so, I think about the – every yes. single day. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, almost almost hourly, I think about the Roman Empire. Dude. I am definitely an everyday Roman Empire thinker. But I could, like, kind of, like, all right. I, I could kind of give someone a pass if they, like, said, you know, once a week. But that's I about guess. it. Yeah. I mean, but, I, but that's about it because, like, how do you go through your days and your life – there's so much around us. So much of our lives today are directly or d- directly impacted by the Roman Empire at one point or another. How do you not think that? How do you not know that? How do you not? I mean, when you when you are sprinkling your old bay seasoning on your cottage cheese, and you think about the, the spice trade, think about the British Empire, you think about. You know why? You know the Britons that were there, the Romans that were. I mean, come on! I mean, all the Britons, all Romans, the Britons, the Britons couldn't exist without the Romans. I mean, in the Dark Ages—they're like marveling at this Roman, the Roman roads and the Roman architectures. Well, I mean, they're building like well, the thatched roof cottages. Yeah. Well, the Britons didn't exist as soon as the Romans pulled out. The fucking Saxons came over and wiped them out. Yeah, I mean, it's—I don't know. I don't understand how you don't are are not always thinking about Rome and Roman things. Like, and now that, like, like even things like I think about like painting frescoes and stuff like that, and that still leads to Rome. Like, but I mean. I imagine there's a large number of us that a large number of you out there that are Catholic that read this, and listen to this podcast. <laughs> like at some point or another, the Roman empire was a big part of the Catholic church. Like, at some point. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that if there is no Rome, there's no Catholicism. I, just, so, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I, I mean, there's Latin in there I every could, day. I just don't, I, don't I couldn't it. believe that was a thing like these, like I, it sprung up on TikTok, and women were just like, and I, I'm not trying to make this a, a woman man thing, but that's just how it has been presented. It has been wives and girlfriends asking their husbands and boyfriends about this that question, and they are just flabbergasted, like cannot yeah. fathom. And I would say 90% of the videos I've seen have been guys like kind of looking up in the air and then been like, well, at least daily. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, multiple times, most of them have been on that level. There's been a few that have been like, I don't know, once every, every six. Those months. are those people. I don't know if you've also seen the trend. Like, are you aware that there are people that do not have internal monologues? That's a thing, too, that I how is that a thing? I, talk I don't to understand all it. day long. I, I spend I, like I, I have conversations <laughs> like I'm having conversations with myself while I'm talking. 
Yes. Like right now, I'm still talking to myself inside. Like there's words coming out of my mouth, and it's difficult because I'm still. How are How are you able to operate if you don't? I, I mean, how are you able to operate in life? You know what? A monologue. I, so everything that explains. You say, everything that you explains. say, you didn't, you didn't bounce anything off yourself. Off yourself. Do you Do you have any like? We wonder, but like the shit that I say to myself is out of control. That explains society so well. Like, how are people like? You ask yourself, how are people so dumb? Like, who are these people that don't talk about the Roman Empire? Like, I'm having internal monologues about the Roman Empire with myself. Like, you know, I'm I'm thinking about like, you know, the roads. I'm thinking about General Flavius, right? The the last Roman general, uh, staving off the 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 you know Attila the Hun and like keeping the Western Holy Roman Empire together. Like that's that's what I'm thinking about on the reg and having like model like my wife's like, are you even paying attention to me? It's like I am, but I'm also kind of thinking about Scipio in North Africa at the same I'm also, time. I'm I'm also thinking about the schism and the fact that if we didn't have the Eastern to Western split, like how the world would would look like, like which relates to fucking terrorism in the yeah. Middle East. I'm like just kind of thinking entire, about how those think, think, think about that entire block of like of Turkey dipping in the Middle East if that was still held. Catholic instead of Saracen uh, is a yeah. falling. And I'm thinking about those uh, filthy Byzantines. Uh, weak. Those Byzantines not wanting to uh, to recognize Rome. Yeah. Yeah, I think about it too. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a and I <laughs> what I I'm telling you, the first time I'd seen that, I instantly, without hesitation, was like, well. Fucking every day. No, I th- like I think it was the day it for like I don't know it was it was like two weeks ago I think I brought it up in the DMs I was like how often do you guys think about Rome and you oh, without I brought it up I, the first place I guarantee you the first place you saw it was me because like I saw that like two weeks ago it started like in its infamous you know infancy and now it's like taken off but, oh like, yeah yeah did what, what I responded did I I said every oh, day. oh yeah you said every day every, every day. day and I was like yeah man every, every day. day every day. <laughs> Because I mean, you, you and I, I mean, we're, we are. Uh, I think we're supposed to that. I don't, you know, linked. I, Jude, I mean, Jude's so fucking lot. Like his logic is so senatorial. Like him and fucking him and Cassius would be fucking. They'd be hanging out. They'd be getting drinks together. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like, if we think about it, though, um, Jude is certainly more uh, of us. He is more Greek, right? He is it, Greek, Jude is an Athenian through and through. Mm, okay. Jude is the most Athenian person I know. Like, there's no one more <laughs> Athenian than Jude. See, as a as a Sicilian, when you say he he is more Greek, all I can think about is Apollonia. <laughs> more Greek uh, than Apollonia. No, mm-hmm. more Greek than Italian. And I mean, like, you know, so if you want to know how the, not, you know, not even the Vipers Greek, right? Not the, you know, old, old Greek, old Greek. Pre, yeah. Pre Philip, pre Alexander. Like he is. That's all. That's old. That's yeah, old. He I is, mean, Cause I mean, Athenian Greek. Oh, man. Back when Macedonia ran shit. Oh, they did run. They did run shit, dude. Uh, if they didn't get bogged down in Afghanistan, which is like the the story of like a hundred civilizations, they would have they would have conquered the world. I I, I remember the ex, the exact day I I 
I first learned that Macedonia was even a country. There's this uh, there's this town in, in Indiana called Markle, and they have it's basically it's just a gravel pit. It's this Markle Beach, you know. So it's a old gravel pit that's got a beach area, volleyball. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's still there today. I don't know how big or how how many people go to that. Uh, there's like cliff diving there and all that shit. I am, but our baby, our life. babysitter, our babysitter who was, uh, you know, a few years older than me and pretty hot at the time. Uh, but anyways, her and her friend wanted to go down there. So she took me and my three sisters down there. And I just remember these two dudes that were just like fucking hitting on them all day long. And their names were Dragon and Jovan. And they were from fucking Macedonia. And I was blown away that there was a country called Macedonia. And I mean, I was, I don't know, maybe eight, seven. And I'm just like, you guys have fucking dragons. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you guys I, have dragons? I kind of feel I bad for Macedonia because like, like obviously Greeks gets a lot of, of, uh, hype for being Greece, right. From, you know, right. bronze age, but let's be real. Like, Outside of of stopping Xerxes, they mostly just fought amongst each other. They didn't get too hype until it was Macedonia and Philip and Alexander, and that's when right. like actual Greece. So you're, so you're saying so you're saying Macedonia is not getting near. Enough I don't credit. think they get to get near enough credit, but, and I don't think they get enough love nationally. You know I what think, though? But I think they get. I think they get more credit than than the Mongols by uh, far. Yeah, I mean, like, unless like, you're like, a like Mongol throat singer, yeah. You gotta, I mean, you really gotta fucking oh, like yeah, make sure yeah. kids. You gotta teach kids about Mongolia like you do about Bo Jackson. You know, you're not wrong right. there. I mean, the Golden like, Horde, like not even getting to like Kubla and like, um, you know. No, I mean, we're talking like look, Genghis. If you ask, my, if you ask my son Ryan, hey Ryan, who was the greatest athlete that ever lived? Without hesitation, without hesitation, and he totally fucking feels this, he will say Bo Jackson. Because I made it a point as a father to never let that die. Because Bo Jackson is the greatest fucking athlete I've ever seen in my life. And it's not even close. If, not even close. if you have it in you to, to spend the time to read book, there's a series of books from Con Engelson about Genghis Khan – and they are the like I love Bernard Cornwell, um, or he is my favorite yeah. historical fiction art uh, author. But like those Con Engelson, Genghis Khan books, dude. If you read them, like they are so freaking good, uh, and just describing like you know, uh, putting the the various color tents to alert the the Chinese the Chinese that like, and then they start catapulting dead bodies over the walls and stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. See- Dude, That's those books right are there. so fucking good. That's oh the shit God. right there. You're, teach your sons about the Mongolian yeah. Empire. Yeah. Because they were bad as fuck. They were some of the – I was one of the greatest fucking empires known to fucking man. I mean most – a lot of Eastern, quote-unquote, Eastern history is lost. It falls on deaf ears with what – with – in our within our Western lives, I, I mean, get he, he destroyed a lot of history. Like when he went to the <laughs> Middle East, like uh, he had a uh, he had an ambassador go to this this I can't remember the name of the city, but he went to a city and they killed him. Uh, the messenger, he, he they killed Genghis Khan's messenger. So Genghis Khan went to the city, he sacked the city, and then diverted the river 
so that it flooded the city so no one could ever found that city again for killing his ambassador. <laughs> so he, he said, oh my God. He, said he killed everybody in it. See, and then he diverted the river so that no one could ever settle in that spot ever again. And it was like the biggest city in the Middle East at the time. But, but I think Absolutely that's, that's supporting my, that's supporting my theory. Like, so for example, for example, Netflix had a show called or has a show called Marco Polo that was on there. Had yeah, to that's do all with, Kubla though. Yeah. Right. It's all it's all it's all Kubla. But what I'm saying is Kubla's still pretty it's, dope. It's bad as fuck. And it was too expensive for them to keep going. And not and honestly, because of not there weren't enough eyeballs either that were that were streaming it. Which sucks. Because it was fucking incredible. And my controversial my most controversial opinion tonight will be this. Netflix's Marco Polo is better than HBO's Rome. That's controversial because I thought Rome was phenomenal, but it, here's it, what I'm going to ask. Not, I, I'm didn't, not, I didn't, I'm not I didn't watch it. Them. I'm not, I didn't watch it. My only gripe with Rome is that they didn't have the budget and they glossed over every single battle that they ever fought. I thought the, the intrigue and I thought the whole Mark Antony and, um, you know, Cleopatra. And I thought all of that was phenomenal. Augustus. I thought all of that was phenomenal, but, but I'm, I, my, I'm my fine gripe the, is they I, didn't have the battles. See, that's the part that I'm fine. I mean, I'm, I guess what I'm, I'm kind of over the whole over, over dramatized battle scenes. Like I've, I've, I'm 45 fucking years old. You've seen a shitload of them. They're most, so much of them are the same to me. The intrigue, and it really is. I mean, it just, yeah, some's different than that, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine with them glossing over the battle scenes. If they're, if they're diving into like the finer points of the intrigue, which especially like in Rome's case and the, in the entire story of Julius Caesar is there's a lot. I mean, there's a fucking lot. There's a, that, that, mo- that people mostly gloss over cause they just hit the, the bullet points and any kind of retelling yeah. of all that rather than, that and the nice thing about Rome was, you know, you throw a couple of fictional characters in there. That's what's, you know, what was really nice about it. You throw a couple of fictional characters in there that kind of move along the story and which makes it, you know, that much more fun of a watch and, yeah. you know, more interesting. But, um, but what I was, mean, what, what was it that pissed us off? Oh, Ted Lasso and the fucking, uh, what's her nuts. Like, like side quests within your story. Oh yeah. The main, your main stuff, bullet yeah. point are fine. And like, but they can, they should never get bigger than the story. Well, Rome in a way, you know, beat that. And they did the opposite of that where the, side you know, the side quests ended up the, yeah. being more of the main story, but yeah. like, uh, like a show like Lasso with, uh, um, Keely. Yeah. Keely. Yeah. They, yeah. that should have never, that, that airtime could have been cut in half. I mean, for my money, like the Battle of Agincourt and Branagh's uh, uh, Henry V is one of the best medieval uh, fight scenes. Like, you know, and obviously yeah. Braveheart's got them too. But like, I don't know, man. See, with, uh, Game of Bra- Thrones with had Braveheart, a bunch of them. With Braveheart, it was – that was more like – because it was kind of like game-changing when it came out. Because it really yeah. was that, Bla- like Blackwater it, Bay and Battle of the Bastards yeah. and like yeah. Well, see that's in the, and the, there's the, like the difference between like what's better, uh, Last Kingdom or Vikings, and you'll get a vast majority of people I'm sure saying Vikings is because you know they're just not smart. 
but there's a lot of action. There's a lot more action in Vikings than in Last Kingdom, but there's also a lot more like it doesn't feel as earned. I think you have to earn your battles. There's a lot more. There's a lot more like supernatural moments in there that don't really make sense. Where I thought last, like I thought Last Kingdom played it basically as like as real as possible. Like yes, they're doing this because of their belief in the gods and all that shit, but they don't have like Odin just showing up to tell them somebody died. Right. But then like, you know, or having, having this dual Christianity and Norse reality of the gods happening at one. Vikings is fucked up. Vikings is not a good show. It's not. Have you watched barbarians? I've been told to watch it. Uh, I watched. I hear that it scratches a, a Roman uh, itch that if you have a Roman itch, it will. It will. It will. It's good. It's good. Um, I, uh, what the hell is that? Um, oh, Britannia, which is actually a hard series to watch because I'm not exactly sure. It's kind of split up between three seasons on like three different streaming services. Um, I think you catch the first season on Amazon though, if you got Pro- Amazon prime. Um, but that, that's like how Yellowstone to- used to be. Right. Right. Uh, which is funny because, uh, Beth is in Britannia. Um, <laughs> that Dutton's all all up in there, uh, but that was um, that was a tale that included the Romans and uh, uh, and the Saxons coming in and the Britons all all you know all at the same time, much mm-hmm. in the same way where the um, uh, King Arthur, the one King Arthur movie uh, with um, oh the really handsome fella. Damn it. Steely Dan. <laughs> no, I, uh, fuck man. That, that, it's the best King Arthur movie they have. Was, was there's no one. good King Arthur movies. No, that one was good. That one's good. That one's good. And there's a, there's a, there's a badass fucking, uh, pagan song that comes out of there too. Um, Oh fuck. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, <laughs> there's only one good King Arthur movie. That black Knight, it. starring, uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Martin Lawrence. (laughs) Which was the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, but which I was in a play version of. Uh, You were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was in in the uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court in high school. What what grade was that? Oh, it was was – I said this King Arthur movie is the one with uh, Clive Owen as King Arthur. Oh, Clive Owen and Kira, and Kira Knightley. That is uh, it's 2004 one. That is the best one. It's got Ray Stevenson in it. I thought, um, yeah, of that who's era. Kicking ass, who's kicking ass right now in Ahsoka, which has been phenomenal. When I yeah. get done recording tonight, I will be popping in the latest episode of that. Yeah, which is um, nice so for me because I I watched every episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it's basically Star Wars Rebels the sequel. Uh, so I love that. <laughs> it, it really, and you can tell too because the, uh, I mean, if you just like after an episode, just uh, get on Twitter and just search Ahsoka it's after like a, after it gets dropped, and it's just like everybody's getting back together with their friends, yeah. talk from talk Rebels and from Clone Wars. Yeah, it's it's nice. Well, do you want to talk about Notre Dame football? I said we got Val that out. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's. I mean, I. I, you, I, can, going spend, on. I can spend an hour and a half talking about 
<laughs> you know, Rome and uh, Rome-related uh, media. I mean, it feels like maybe there's something going on this week. I think it might be the biggest – you know what? I'm not even going to say that it might be. This is the biggest football game at Notre Dame season since 1993. Okay. Well, Hayden Hayden asked that question this week on, on, the, on the website. And so I've been kind of like gathering answers, and it, it's been – Pretty, pretty, pretty wide. I mean, some people will only go back to the Clemson game in 2020. Uh, nope, a, lot of people, a, lot of people, a lot of people are saying the 05 USC game. Nope, you had a loss to Michigan State. Nope. Yeah. Not. So, I mean, there, there's been a lot of, I mean, a lot of different answers. Uh, but uh, I think a vast majority that I've seen has, has took this back to 93 Florida State. Yep. Which I just cannot put this Ohio State team on that. It almost, I, I mean, I don't really. I can. I, can I tell you why? Florida. Because, because two, uh, I, mm, uh, they're I'm just not on Florida it. State's, they're not on 93 Florida State's level, man. I will get, I will get to that. But yeah, we'll I get to that. Say, but they're just I, not. I will though. say one thing. I will say one thing. 93 Florida State, that Florida State team had never won a national title, right? It was Bobby Bowden's uh, gifted national title that 93 season. So they were certainly True. a hot team. But like the reverence that is uh, given to Ohio State um, is is on. I mean, this on is that level. like yeah. playing Alabama. Listen, I'll say this. You're not going to find fucking Tommy Eichenberg on the sidelines fucking around with his cleats and his shoelaces. No. <laughs> uh, look at you. Looking directly at you, Derek Brooks. <laughs> looking right at you, buddy a warrior who just for some reason decided to back out of a, a total war for one game. Ridiculous. What a ridiculous thing to be known for. Anyways. So, yeah, so it's a, look, this is a huge week. Uh, we all know it. Um, this is a program defining game. Yep. Um, and, Look, Legacy defining for Marcus. Oh God, yeah. I mean, uh, bas- basically, this is uh, this is if this game is for Marcus Freeman to get a job at Ohio State in a few years. I don't. I don't know. So, so like, I thought about this because, like, 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 I'm, I'm, if we, like, I, I've been going back and forth on on the market, mark on the Freeman back to Ohio State, and I'll say this first, first and foremost. If you if guys get a chance to go back to their alma mater and it's a big time program, right? Like, and Ohio State is big time, blue, big, 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 blue, big. Ch- you know, one of the five, like, one of the five big ones. Yes, yeah. the absolute blue blood. If you have a chance to go back to your alma mater, that's an absolute blue blood and an elite program to be the head coach. There's no one that says no to that. Nobody. Um, Nobody. There's no way. The only thing I would say uh, to that is that um, these alma mater homecomings outside of Jim Harbaugh the last two years, it didn't look like it until the last two years. These alma mater homecomings have not worked out. I mean, I'm looking at you, Scott Frost. Right? I mean, no, you – that's – to me, that's beside the point. My point is that they don't say no to begin with. And that's the only thing that matters to me as far as Notre Dame is concerned is is Marcus Freeman's time at Notre Dame is basically as long as he's winning, he's there until Ohio State comes calling. 
Maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know how bought in he is to Notre Dame. I'm my my gut says is that he is uh, pot committed to Notre Dame, and unless he has, if he feels like he completed his job in Notre Dame, like goes out and wins a national title in Notre Dame this year, then I think all bets are off because then he can say that he did his job here. But I, I don't know, man. I, I just. I think he is so bought into this program that it would be very difficult. I've, I've had to stop myself from making like absolute statements. Cause I, I had absolute statements about Brian Kelly for years because of things that I knew on the back side of his life that it never made sense that he would leave. Right. The, like I mean, was, the Eagles every, flirt, flirtation, right. he, thought I, he I, might I, be too old and everything, everything that he was doing from 2000 and, I mean, about 2019 was when I was absolutely fucking sold. Like to that, from 2019 to, and on, I thought he's never going to leave until he retires. And I had all sorts of reasons for that. And I famously wrote or published an article that Brian Kelly's not leaving Notre Dame for LSU literally one minute before the news broke that listed off all those reasons. And since that, I learned my lesson. Like, don't, I mean, and I mean, it was good at fucking, it was a good argument. It was a solid argument. I mean, that was a, a case winning in front of a trial jury winning argument. And then he left anyways. So yeah. just like, like I not put any, I'm not putting any stock into any kind of black and white thoughts of it. I will say this uh, there, but there still were things that I think Brian Kelly would have liked to have stayed had he gotten his way with things. Right. Like, He's made that he's made that more than than known. So with Marcus Freeman, I've the the thing that the thing that you, you look at is he has a young family. Yes, that's big. That's he's a young large family. Yep. Moving is not moving's not fun. Period. Um, I guess, but when you have a lot of money, it, it make things go a lot easier. Uh, and but it's still not. No one likes to do it. Like you never uproot your kids from school. Yeah. Super jazz. And <laughs> this is, I mean, maybe I'm making more of this than I should, but I mean, like this is a young, large Catholic family with Marcus being a fresh new Catholic himself. Like there's probably, a, there's probably a, a spiritual part of it. You know what I mean? Like there's something I, attached I there. Think, yeah. I think that, I think that Marcus. And I don't know how big that is, but I mean, there's certainly something there. I imagine. I would imagine, and I think that he certainly. I mean, he's a family first guy, which is why he took the Notre Dame job over LSU. Um, I think that that plays an enormous factor, and I. He's not sitting in fucking Ames, Iowa, either. Even though I mean, South Bend's a lot like. He will be the highest. Few less farms. If he beats Ohio State, he'll be the highest paid coach in college football next year, whether it's reported or not he will get a contract extension and they will make him the highest paid coach. If he can win this game, mm, I don't, they really, I, need, they really, they, they really need to wait till the end of the season. To, well, they will, they, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they won't do it. Don't during, be, don't they, be do, they will not do it. After a green jersey a, game. <laughs> they won't do it during the season, obviously. Um, but if, if he's able to pull this one out, I don't know how Pete, you don't make him the highest paid coach in college football. Pete, Pete Vavacqua doesn't want to do a coaching search. No, Pete Vavacqua does not. 
and locking in Marcus Freeman and getting a massive buyout uh, is is what you're going to want to do at end of year. Right. Because, I mean, you still got to play USC and Clemson and Duke, right. I guess. But uh, Duke, fucking Duke. Um, hey, yeah. Duke, Duke's getting a lot of love right now. And for, they I mean, are. They're playing, they're playing good no, football. No, they're not. They, let's, they are not playing good football. They are playing Mike, adequate. Mike football. Elko, Mike Elko is twelve and four at Duke. Mike Elko is the next head football coach at Michigan State. You heard it here first. I would like that. I would like that too. I'm, I think Mike Elko would immediately have an impact on that Michigan State team. Uh, he would a bring good, a good Michigan State program is fucking fantastic for the Big Ten. Now yeah. I don't. Maybe you don't care about the Big Ten, and I get it. Like I really, I guess I really don't. But it certainly makes games and seasons much more interesting when these conferences that they have to play each other have more capable teams. Right. So when when you're when you're Michigan and you're looking at your first game against a ranked team isn't until November. If Michigan State's good, well, that first ranked game is in October instead. Yeah. Um, If you hate Michigan, you want a good Michigan State team. To try to keep them in check along with oh, Ohio State and Penn State. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, you you need that. And I and no, I think you're, that, you're hoping that Luke Fickle gets uh, things figured out up in Madison. I think it's gonna yeah, take yeah. two or three years. Oh, but God, I mean, if it takes any, I mean, I mean, that, that seems like a, that. That's a. I think there's a rich rod thing going on there, and that, and it's going against everything that Luke Fickle's ever been. I know it does, doesn't it? That's what made that it's that like, Solongo hire so weird. Because it's like, you, how do you change who you are by getting to the place you wanted to be? You something, dude. Come on. You had Mike Denbrock as your offensive coordinator, and now it's Phil Longo. Like what? Like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's wild to me. But but. You know, if you're Michigan State, you're going to have nine million dollars to throw to coach, which is what I guess they paid um, they got out of. And they're going to be able to pay the next coach. Right. Nine million per year. If you're paying Tucker nine. Are they getting out of it? Oh, 100 percent. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't I do not want to get into that conversation. But there was there was a <laughs> I read Michigan stuff. State's I read Michigan State's um, response uh, initial response and I and I saw Tucker's well I I get their response sick. and I get the fact because they don't want to pay him but I'm talking more along the lines of Mel Tucker and his lawyers' response to it all and that's a court case yeah because now I mean, they, now, now we're at now we're at a he said she said thing and what is really within a contract and what is it and that is for a court of law. To decide, I'm not going to decide that on a podcast, but I'm telling you right now that will it's going to get to that point. And I think it's pretty ironclad when you had a um, like respect yourself. uh, You were a married man and uh, you did something on a on a on a phone call uh, with somebody who was brought in for uh, the thing that you are doing. Just they're like, gonna have to. They're gonna. They're gonna have to prove that in a court of law because it's gonna get to that point. Because Mel lawyered up hard. No did. pun intended. Because no he's, <laughs> he's got ninety. He's got a hundred. He's got almost a hundred yeah, million. Yeah. He, he fucking lawyered up hard, and they're they're gonna have their day in court, and then they're gonna have to. That's about with that situation. Then you're dealing with the whole Michigan State thing. They may, may end up having to pay him something, and they may get out of out of some of it. They may end up settling. They're gonna get out you know, a lot of it. But there's a lot of – do not think that Mill Tucker is not going to get another check out of this. 
He lured up. No, I think. I, I think they at least get a settlement. Just I mean, out, he's he's lower not. Oh. But it seems pretty. It seems pretty slam dunk mm, for Michigan State. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know that his lawyer. Their the their release was good enough for me to go. Mm, that's those are points that uh, can be argued pretty that, that need to be argued in a court of law, and whatever truth needs to come from from that from both sides needs to come out because that's it's all very interesting. It's all yeah. It's all strange. And we're not going to be, it. yeah, it's going to be bonkers. Yeah. Um, but I would, what I would, I would, if I get my Elmer Fudd shit out, Hey, I hit my head. Uh, uh, like I have, uh, you know, I have a uh, dead brain. You're, tissue. JD, you're, yeah. you're JD Bertrand right now. Uh, probably worse off. Uh, he'll probably be worse off than me at my age, but, uh, um, cause he'll have more years of playing football, but, no, I got uh, I got dead brain tissue and other things, and uh, no, I fucking smoked myself tonight and blacked out. Um, and almost said, "Boys, I don't know if I can go tonight." And said, oh, "I'm gonna tough it out." And then we get the text from Jude saying that he was sick <laughs> and wasn't gonna be able to go. And it's like, "Oh man, I got no choice now because we got an Ohio State preview pod on the table that I've been looking forward to for weeks, months, uh, for life. a long time. your entire life." Yes. Yeah. So before we get to that, though, of course, uh, reminder to everybody out there, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review, any review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next Earn Five Star Podcast. Be a part of the show. Be a part of what we talk about, the direction we go. Hey, look, who who knows what review will take us down a 45-minute rabbit hole of whatever. Uh, it doesn't take much with us. Uh, but uh, make sure you're doing that uh, uh, for us. Uh, so here we go. I got one tonight. Uh, go Irish 5150. Five stars. Roughing the snapper. It says best ND podcast, especially if you enjoy frozen home run in pizzas with old base seasoning. The other Irish podcasts were putting me to sleep and I was growing tired of reading a cross nonstop, incoherent, idiotic old man troll posts on ND nation. The guys in this podcast know their stuff and are very entertaining, not to mention professional. Very it's like getting together with the guys over a couple of beers. I look forward to this every week. Now on to business. I want to voice my support for ND finally claiming all 20 plus championships. I am sick and tired of ESPN saying we have the same as Michigan. ND needs to get over this taking the high ground position. We should limit Navy to once every four years. It's time to finally move on. Yes. Hopefully our our new media savvy AD can figure out a way to maintain our independence while not giving away a first round buy in the college football playoff. If anyone from ND's athletic department is listening, can we please get rid of the screaming banshee singing? Here come the Irish before kickoff. It's as cringeworthy as freak base. This has to be costing us recruits. Let's hope we can win it all one more time before the whole thing goes up in flames next year. Go Irish. It's time to finally beat Ohio state. So to, to, to the here come the Irish thing. Yeah, that's the only originally. I, I, originally, I hated it. Like, I did too. But you know what? It's tradition now. It sort of bludgeoned me into liking it now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it now because I feel like, the exact same way. <laughs> it's just like bludgeoned me into it. Like, it's like I hated it, and now it's just like right. Like everything about this guy's review is like 
This is he's fully on. on. He's fully on board with the, with the podcast, right? And you know what? He's gonna hear this. But when he said he, that, when he said that, I'm ready to I'm ready to go fisticuffs. Like, no, no, no. He <laughs> said that. He said that. And you know what? It's gonna dawn on him, and he's gonna be like, "Man, it's so shitty that I love it, <laughs> right?" That's how it is for me. Is it's like like you end up just owning how, these things over time, right? You just gotta own it, man. Just kind of like listen, like there. We all love we all love uh, Officer McCarthy's uh, uh, puns, puns, right? Yeah. But the whole point was that they were so like bad that you basic, loved them. This basic dad life at first, the groans. Now they're ironic groans and laugh. You know what I mean? Like I got the book of it. Yeah. Like there's I got certainly the- people that were like, "Oh my god, why is he doing this? This is embarrassing." Uh, when he first started doing it, you know there were fans out there like that. Oh, for but sure. But it's just. You just own it, and then it becomes a part of the thing. And right now, as we speak, the Here Come the Irish uh, is just – it's – I mean, right. Audric Estime sings it, right? Exactly, that, exactly. Yeah, like, it's just, that sealed it right there. When Audric Estime is fucking singing that bad boy, it's over with. It's, it's like I feel about this like Virginia Tech fans feel about Enter Sandman. It's we have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. Like I'm embarrassed for Virginia tech fans that they like enjoy that terribly mid uh, Metallica song as like their, their calling card, but they fucking love it. They fucking love it. It's like Wisconsin fans would jump around, right? It like you embrace your mid mid shit as, as you are bludgeoned with it until you you elevate, you elevate it. You, you, you get bludgeoned. You accept it, you elevate it, and then it is on God status. And we're right there with the Here Come the Irish. I mean, that it's not going anywhere. And I, think, I, I love it I now. Mean, Brendan, at your at your age, yeah, at our age, don't you kind of like, don't you finally like kind of like just accept things for what they are because you're old enough to know like this is this is I, I cannot change this with chaos magic. I cannot go create a sigil and make this stop. This is how it's going to be. And I can either be a whiny, I can either, you know, I, I, I can either be a whiny bitch about it. Like I am about the Navy series. Right. Or just accept it and own it. And so you, like you've taken the correct choice. You accept it and own it. This is well, not, the, not the Navy series. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, but I think that has tangible reasons for right. it sucking. Right. Uh, this is just like, when you, when you so, hear it, like, and it, it's almost like, you know, what it reminds me of is it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways. Like I resented Tom Hammond for a very long time for getting everyone's name wrong and for the Tom Hammondisms. But like, I eventually came to love his here comes the Irish. Right. I kinda, like, I'm going to tell you right now, I fucking miss Tom Hammond. I can't like, I do. That's what like, like, I've got to like, I'm so sick of the, it has just been so, I mean, mid. we're talking like a bunch of kids, no cap. It's been so mid lately on cringe level on NBC. And look, I, I was not Mike Tirico's biggest fan because I think Gus Johnson is the goat, but it wasn't like I was ever saying that Mike Tirico sucked. I just didn't, I didn't care for his particular style as like, that was not my preferred announcing style. His current call against North Carolina is still legendary. Eh, Gus Johnson would have fucking knocked that out of the park. Well, but anyway, I mean, but, but he would have said my point, like, my point being, it's just it's just so rotten right now that 
I mean, when you go back and think about the Tom Hammond games, I guess we were bludgeoned to death with Tom Hammond. Where now I look back at it and be like, eh, I could do Tom Hammond again. Well, I, I could do Tom Hammond. I think I think what we all forget is that like Tom Ham- Hammond wasn't the villain. It was Pat Hayden. That was the actual villain. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean I, there's got to be a dynamic there in within comic books or or film of the perceived villain and the actual villain. Right. 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 Like, like Darth Vader is the perceived villain, but it's the emperor, but the real, the real, right. Like if you, like if you just only watched episode four, you know, (laughs) or even episode five or four and five, Vader is the perceived villain, but it's really the emperor. Um, that that's kind of that's that's Hammond and uh, and Hayden for sure. That's that's spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm on here fucking <laughs> pining for Tom Hammond. What you the know, hell is? But we're gonna we're gonna get no we're getting an Iron Son Noah and I thought he did an amicable job uh, with Blackledge yes. uh, for the the uh, the Navy game. I'm pretty well, excited. Well, the thing is, well, too, well, is I mean, like, I'm not gonna hear it. I don't watch as many Notre Dame games live via NBC anymore. No, because so we're, like, we're at the we're at the game. Yeah, we're right. The so, so it's it's a whole I, there's a whole different it's a whole different level for me. Uh, I heard I heard far, Greg complaining that they came back from commercial break and they didn't even show a play uh, on that that Peacock game, and I was like, Yeah, that well what? they they had a freeze up too. Yeah, it I was, I, uh, I was messaging well, you guys. Unfortunate for that because I honestly thought I mean. For as much shit as Peacock gets, number one, I enjoy the app uh, overall. Like it, my it's wife a, loves it. She's yeah. She's my wife. It. Well, I mean, she like below the, deck. The housewives are all over it. So yeah, housewives below deck. Yeah, yeah. It's never it's never not being a paid streaming service for us, as far as I know. I know. But, I mean, it, it does a good job, and like the lag. I mean, I thought the lag last year was almost non-existent, and it was it was good this yeah, year. Thirty seconds about right from. It was, UNLV, it was the UNLV game last year, right? I didn't go to that one. Right. The, so, the, yeah. the OG was what? The BG game where it was like two minutes. And Jude uh, yeah, Jude was freaking out. And you and I, no, no, no. It was the Toledo game. You and I were there. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> no, but it, maybe it was the, uh, there was a different game though. That was the first one on Peacock. I thought it was Toledo. Because there was games on USA, I thought Toledo was the first one on Peacock. What's, Maybe I'm wrong. Like a wasn't like a New Mexico or something like that. Mexico State. Um, that was the something? the the first game that they busted out the the goofy on the rails Maybe. thing for the Kyle Hamilton pick and that looked awful and gave me uh you know vertigo. Yeah, yeah, and for someone who has like Meniere's disease, actual that's ver- no yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's like it's the worst. I who this is football is the greatest sport for television. Yes. Just you don't need to make it anything else other than what it is. Uh these angles are just like keep those cameras, sure. So we can see the shot of the ankles getting twisted uh for like ten seconds, not an entire fucking play where I can't see anything that's going on. No kidding, yeah. It is not giving me the stadium experience. It's giving me the experience of fucking of anxiety because I can't see what's happening. 
Ugh. Well, all right. Let's uh, look. We got a lot to get into tonight. So yeah, you, you and, you and I just into keep it. going off of these side quests. Oh, Brendan. Yeah. The number six Ohio State Buckeyes travel to South Bend to they take do. on the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish inside Notre Dame Stadium for a prime time game on yeah. NBC, ESPN College Game Day. Everybody's going to be there. Andy Staples going to be in the house. I'm going to talk to him about some ribs. How good's Ohio State? Um, so, I mean, I, I, I know I know you have followed my journey through the DMs as I've watched through all of the Ohio State games. Um, I have, I have. Yeah, you followed you followed through for me this year. Um, so yeah, I've watched every I've watched every game uh, multiple times now. I watched the the Western Kentucky game twice today. Um, I don't want to go out there and do my thing where I say, you know, Josh, I have the fucking sex. I'm not gonna do that, right? This is the. You can't. I can't do you, that. You did such a solid job on the uh, the Silver Bullets podcast, and I kept I kept waiting for like a mic drop moment that you were gonna like really drive a point home that they were not gonna agree with. <laughs> I and didn't want to be that. Like I, I thought, I, 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 I thought it. that but, I gave. But I what I'm saying I is though, is that what you said though was still I I just because I know. From the DMs, I know exactly what you're thinking. Everything you said was still what accurate and honest about what you think and see and and feel about this. And I just thought, all right, he's not gonna he's not gonna drop he's not gonna drop the bomb to antagonize him, and he didn't. But no. that doesn't mean that what you said wasn't wasn't no, true, cause, accurate. Cause what I told them, you. what I told them is like all of your uh, you know thoughts about what Ohio State is like. You haven't played anybody. And I said that about Notre Dame, that certainly they haven't played a passing quarterback to this to this point through four games. Notre Dame has yet to play a passing quarterback. And I said that about Ohio State. I was like, you guys haven't played an offense yet. Like you haven't played anybody yet. There's nothing to judge your off like your defense on. I appreciate your stats, even though you have the same number of tackles for loss that Notre Dame has. And and that's a point of contention among Notre Dame fans. And and look at those uh, 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 sack numbers for Ohio State. And people want to say that Ohio State's defense is phenomenal. Uh, hey, um, do me a favor and look at the last four games that Ohio State has played against uh, major college football teams. Uh, have they given up 40 points in every single one of those games? Uh, Michigan, Utah. Michigan again, Georgia. Have they given up 40 points in all of those games? Yeah. They I kind of feel like you're have. talking to Bud Elliott right now. I am. We're being <laughs> gaslit by the national narrative about this Ohio State team. And you know what? <clears throat> Ohio State fans don't need to hear this because they have enormous gripes with Ryan Day. And everyone is telling Ohio State fans, well, he's only lost six games as a head coach. Yeah. But Ohio State fans are watching all of the games, and they're basically playing an ACC schedule where you play one real regular season game, and then you get to the playoffs, and then you see what happens. What have they done in those games? They've been blown out by Michigan back-to-back years. They have been bullied by Michigan in back-to-back years. Uh, Utah in the Rose Bowl two years ago, right? Um, Utah was starting a— Running back at wide at cornerback. 
They had or, a yeah. running back, a backup running back was their starting cornerback. And that's the only reason they won that game. They played Georgia and yeah, they played Georgia and they played them right down to the wire and they played Georgia better than anyone else played Georgia last year. But they also gave up 40 plus points in that football game. So don't, do not come to me with this nonsense about Ohio State's defense and Jim Knowles and all of that nonsense when they are also 75th in the nation in tackles for losses with Notre Dame. Do not come to me with Ohio State in their defense when they have the same sort of sack numbers that Notre Dame does, when you are complaining about Notre Dame sack numbers and tackles for losses, they have the same sort of concerns. In Notre Dame's extra game that they have there, that was against Navy. You're not going to rack up sacks. You're not going to rack up tackles for losses against Navy. Okay? That's just not going to happen because that's not the nature of the beast. So Ohio State isn't getting to the quarterback. Ohio State is not getting into the backfield. But if you listen to everyone, right, they're talking about Sawyer. Right? Everybody's talking about Sawyer. Everyone's talking about um, uh, JT. Yeah, they're talking about JT. JTT. Right? But they don't have the numbers. They just don't. It's the same concerns that we have for Notre Dame. They do not have the numbers. Okay? So let me do it. Josh, Ohio State kind of stinks. And here's why. Um, I kind of laid this out a little bit in in the DMs. But so they had a massive explosion of offense in the second quarter – against Western Kentucky. They scored 35 points. Seven of those points were on defense, right? Um, If you look at what they did in that third quarter, right? They were seven of eight passing for 209 yards and three touchdowns in the second quarter. They were 10 of 10 rushes, 85 yards and two rushing touchdowns in that second quarter against Western Kentucky. They're averaging less than 4.8 yards per rush the rest of the season. That is against Indiana. That is against Western Kentucky outside of the second quarter. That is against Youngstown State. They're averaging less than five yards per carry against maybe three of the worst teams on their schedule this year. The rest of the year outside of that third quarter, they have 749 yards passing, four touchdowns, two interceptions which is just 4.8 yards per attempt, which is absolutely pedestrian. That puts them right in like the 70th, 80th percentile of the, or 70th, 80th ranked of the entire thing. If you watch Kyle McCord throw the football, he is hesitating. He is a step late on almost all of his passes. You can watch that. Go ahead, just Google up uh, or just YouTube up and watch the 20-minute highlight package of the full game that they have out there for that Western Kentucky game. Kyle McCord hesitates on every single throw that he makes. Every single one. He does not hit people in stride. He hesitates on throws. And that's not going to bite you against Indiana. That's not going to bite you against Youngtown State. That's not going to bite you against Western Kentucky. Is that going to bite you when you see Benjamin Morrison against Cam Hart? Thomas Harper? Like, you you look at it and like 11 
quarters of football of the 12 that they played, they have struggled on offense. A third of Marvin Harrison Jr.'s yardage came in just that one quarter against Western Kentucky. He is not finding Marvin Harrison, and he is not putting him in a position to make plays because I don't think Kyle McCord is a very good quarterback. Kyle McCord did, was expected to win the job coming out of the spring, didn't do it. Kyle McCord was expected to win the job coming out of the fall, did not do it. He did not get the nod as the starter until last week. That tells me that the coaching staff is not confident in Kyle McCord. And why am I suddenly expected to believe that like Ohio State is going to come into this game and run the football because they have three great running backs? Why are they three great running backs? I'm getting gaslit about this. Look at last year's, right? They ran for 281. I am very angry. They ran for 281 against Toledo. They ran for 254 or 258 against Wisconsin. 252 against Rutgers. 237 against Michigan State. 340 against Indiana. 207 against Northwestern. These are great running racks, right? What did they do against Iowa? 30 carries, 66 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. What did they do against Penn State? 26 carries, 98 yards, 3.77 yards per carry. What did they do against Maryland? I don't think Maryland has a particularly good defense, but 43 carries, 160 yards, 3.72 yards per carry. Michigan, where they got the doors blown off of them and embarrassed at home, 29 carries, 143 yards, 4.93, and that was a laugher of a football game. And then against Georgia, 32 carries, 119 yards, 3.72 yards per carry. When this team faces any team with a defense that has a pulse, their running game collapses. And that's with two players, the left and right tackle, both in the NFL. Both of them are gone. They brought in new players. They brought in a market left tackle, and then they elevated a kid. Both of them have not been able to get the job done. Their running game is not going to work this weekend. It hasn't worked this season, and I don't foresee it working against Notre Dame this weekend. So you're telling me that Kyle McCord is going to come into this game in his fourth ever start and first large big road start because he did start against Indiana. But, I mean, that was a, a, a midday kick against the middling Indiana team. You're telling me that Kyle McCord needs to step up and be the guy. And we've seen that played out, right? We saw Jake Fromm come in and do it in 2017. We've seen various Michigan quarterbacks do it. We, I mean, we saw Denard Robinson do it. We saw Tater Tot Forcier do it. We've seen uh, Devin Gardner in his garish, goofy 98 jersey in 2013 do it. <laughs> I mean, we've seen this happen to Notre Dame teams in the past where an unheralded quarterback certainly makes a September Heisman moment. But like at what oh, point does that stop? It's almost stop? like a tradition. It's like a tradition, but at what point does that stop? This well, I mean, when's the, la- when, when's the last time that it happened? Like really happened? A middling quarterback sc- school in Notre Dame. I mean, it's um, Devin Gardner 2013. Right? That 13, the, the 2013 Michigan Devin Gardner game where they scored 40 some I mean, odd points. 
Has been another time in the last decade. And he, kept, kind of, and he just kept heading Roy Roundtree like in the last decade. I, DJ Uwe um in 2020 kind of came in. That, you know that that might be a good that might be a good one to point out because I mean I mean I mean I don't know DJ is doing pretty good at Oregon State right now, but he was he did not have a good I don't know he didn't have a good 2021 he didn't have a good 2022. <laughs> they based they based that entire 2021 season. But he still had, off, I mean, he still off had of the 2020 game. <laughs> he still had Travis Etienne, right? Which would certainly right. help. Uh, not on the one uh, fumble exchange that went for a touch, but like at some point, right? Notre Dame has to step up to the moment where this green quarterback comes in under the lights at night. They're not going to be able to run the football. The pressure is going to be on. You have very good corners. You have wide receivers at Ohio State that are probably, you know, Mbuka and Fleming and Marvin Harrison Jr. are all very, 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 very good among the best in the country. But, like, who's getting them the football? And and I look at, like, the 2008 Detroit Lions team that went 0-16 had Calvin Johnson on it. He's the most gifted wide receiver I've ever seen play in the NFL. But like Dan Orlovsky's getting him the football. So, <laughs> you know, is the moment going to be when is Notre Dame going to get the quarterback where the moment is too big for them? And if they can get the home field advantage they need in this spot. And like there are questions about Ohio State and giving like what is the Notre Dame offense at this point? It is the big play. I mean, you know, through the last three games, it's really been the big play. And what has been uh, Ohio State's Achilles heel? You know, you look at J.J. McCarthy against Ohio State last year, and he was a 50% completion guy, but he hit the big plays. And, like, I, I look at this Ohio State team, and they're significantly worse at the offensive line position and at the quarterback position and you know what? I'm going to say that they're worse at the – they don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? I mean they and didn't for a lot of the – They didn't last for most year, of the As it was anyways, yeah. Right, right, right. But like Notre Dame was able to hold that team with a first-round pick in C.J. Stroud to 21 points. I just – and when I watch the game too is they put – you know, they have these, these green tackles and – I'm watching these games and the amount of under center snaps that I see um, McCord take is it is it's it's like 50 50, um, you know, 40, 60. Like it is a considerable amount of time under center. And if they're going to bring that in with those bunk ass tackles who've been awful to this point, the two Josh's have been essentially revolving doors and they have a new center as well. I, I just when I look at this Ohio State team and watching the three games that they've played outside of that second quarter against Western Kentucky, there's absolutely no reason. And you can see this with with a lot of pundits. I mean, people are picking Notre Dame to win this game. And like. They have the guys on the edge of the offensive line or the defensive line, but they haven't gotten there. And. 
you know, how much can you make with, you know, Michael Hall Jr. and Ty Hamilton with Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler on the inside? I mean, you can make some of that. I think that is going to be a considerable matchup for this game, especially for Audrick to be able to get the ball going. But like this Ohio State team gives up big plays and they have a quarterback who I don't think is very good at this point in his career. Like. I think Ohio State is is in a spot where I don't think this has to be close. I think it could be a double digit win for Notre Dame. I, I can I can definitely foresee a situation where McCord has to win the football game because they can't run the ball and picks happen. I mean he's a beat short. He is a beat not- short on every single pass that he makes. And if you're, you're not wrong against elite cornerbacks, I can see Benny Moe jumping a route and Does taking this, over the house. All right. Let me ask. Let me, I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is a good analogy or at least a good, a good comparison. Is this basically Clemson 2022? In your mind, yeah, where they're 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 sort of seen as being the thing, and like as far as the flow of the game, I think we have certainly more passing. Well, I'm just saying, like this, <clears throat> a lot of like I think, but wasn't Clemson favored? Yeah, for sure. Last last year, like I. I have to but double all check, of but. the all of the smart money was on Notre Dame going into it. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, like, there was there there. Was, it didn't it didn't have to be close in that game. It wasn't. It was because Notre Dame just went out went, went out there and beat the shit out of them and took advantage of a of what of a green what? quarterback. Yeah, like I, I mean, see DJ Uyangale wasn't like wasn't as green. Definitely wasn't as green as what um, McCord is. But he was. I mean, but he's still like. I don't know. I mean, they, well, they took advantage yeah, of another quarterback, Lubniak. I mean, Lubniak, I don't know. They just, they, you know, they took out I the mean, running game. And the other part about it with McCord is like he's not running. Like he's not a running quarterback. He is a pocket no. passer. And like I, I can definitely see a situation where like this is a Maris Leofau game. Where like, and Jean Baptiste, right? Like getting back at his team. But the the other part of it too, like defensively like I look at Cam Martinez and I see him right to get picked on by uh Chris Tyree who I mean I was high I said I had a ridiculous take where I said Chris Tyree was like the offensive guy that I think you know is going to get Notre Dame's motor going but like in this game I mean Cam Martinez gets burned all the time is their nickel and he's going to be covering Tyree in the slot and like I I don't know, man. Like I just I see a situation existing where if if Hartman plays, like I think Hartman is going to play, and if Joe Alt is Joe Alt, and I'm I, I I am actually very interested in what Jack Sawyer v um, Blake Fisher looks like. But like, I, let me ask you this question. What do you like better, Ohio State's offensive line or Notre Dame's offensive line? Uh, Notre Dame's. Yeah, and and what do you like better, the disparity 
or um, you know, the, the difference between Notre Dame's offensive line and Ohio State's defensive line versus the difference between Notre Dame's defensive line and Ohio State's offensive line. What do you like better? <sighs> that actually narrows the gap a little bit. But I mean, who has I the think, all American uh, left? Hand? Right. I, I, I was just saying that it narrows the gap a little bit because I think, yeah, uh, Ohio state's def, def, defensive line, line their, their front line, very good. And I think that, that, so uh, yeah, so I, I still like Notre Dame offensive line better the scenario, but like if, if, once you put it up against group against group there, Ohio State's defensive line helps narrow that gap up quite a bit, but I'm still leaning in on. I think I still think Blake Fisher hasn't played his best game this year. I don't, I do um, think he has either. I don't, you know, and I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not even on the table for him on Saturday. I mean, I mean, I have no idea. Uh, but just kind of expecting. Uh, I don't know. Also wishing quite <laughs> quite a bit that. Who do you th- which 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 offensive line holds up better this weekend? Oh, I think uh, Notre Dame is for sure. Because I, yeah. I, which the, the best? Well, we're, you know, Notre Dame's defensive line is probably getting. I don't know if that's set in stone yet, but I think Gabe Rubio is coming back. He's coming um, back. Yeah, he's set in stone. I, I think the waves of Notre Dame's uh, depth on defensive line. Like I think Ohio State's front line guys are really good, but I'm not. I, I'm not going to say I'm not sold on their depth. I don't really know much about it, but it's not been a strength that has been talked about by others. So right. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it's not one. You know what I mean? Like if it was a strength, somebody would have said it by now. So like their, rota- like their rotations in their, their me, front lines. Good. I mean, j- we'll keep going with it then. Um, I mean, Tommy Eichenberg's probably the best linebacker in this game, right? Y- yes. On either on, on the, he'll be the best linebacker on the field for either team. Who's two and three? Is it Jay uh, Bertrand and Maris Leofau? Uh, two's definitely Bertrand. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Steel Chambers, right? I mean, I do like Chambers. I mean, I like Chambers a lot. Uh, but God, he's so. You know, I, 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 yeah, I would like to say I, I'm not going to answer three because I want to. I mean, I, I want to say all right. Thinking about it, let's go with Maris because I like the way he's played this yeah. season. But I mean, Maris, I mean, Maris has been the best. But I mean, so, but Maris still kind of has to prove it to me a little bit. I understand. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, I, I would assume Ohio State. This is. I mean, this is this is the game. This is the game we're going to find out. Melton, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the game we'll find out. Um, but I, so I would definitely lean that way, but waiting to see, um, cause I mean, he's not, he's not going to be able to, he's going to have to wrap. He's going to have to wrap. I and, think, and, <laughs> I mean, obviously wide receiver goes to Ohio state, but yes. Cornerback is Notre Dame unequivocally. Yes. Unequivocally. I think the combination I, of Cam Hart and Benjamin Morton is significantly better than Denzel Burns well, yeah. and Burns but you, but you, multiple but you times. Jordan, Hayes. you can't just go by the corners. You, ha- I mean, you have to like Thomas Harper at the nickel. The, well, that's been, what I'm saying. Like Cameron Martin is a liability at the nickel for Ohio State. 
And I think Thomas Harper is a plus player. I think Cam Martin is a liability for Ohio State. Yeah. And, I mean, the safeties is kind of a wash, right? Sonny Styles, Josh Pro- – I think Josh Proctor is a jag. Uh, he's the jaggiest player on either team. Um, but, I I mean, Sonny Styles is good. Um, is Ransom not getting any playing time? I mean, he's getting playing time. I think he, I'm, I think he gets are – like, are, they, are they rolling him in on – I think he and Styles – Or is he – He and Styles – Yeah, strong safety. Okay. Proctor's the free. And I think Proctor is a jag. Proctor is a jag safety. I mean, as but, much as I, as much as I respect Sonny Styles and his yeah. Ohio blood, um, the blood lineage they got going on, I, like, I, I, that, that, isn't this the type of game where you go after the young safety? I would think so. Um, I think they're, they're gonna they're gonna pick on the nickel. A lot, but like, yeah, I mean, safety. I mean, you're gonna be doing tight. But I mean, I mean, I mean, Kate Stover's good. Their tight end's good. Go and flood the zones and and press the ball deep. I mean, that kind of see. I mean, I in a lot of ways, I think Notre Dame is going to have some very. I don't want to say poor. They're not going to look good. There's going to be some. There's going to be like five plays that you're just like, what the fuck. And you know what? And, I imagine I think, all of them are going to probably revolve around Thomas Harper, but he's also going to make plays. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, offensively for Notre Dame, I think oh, they're going to have about yeah. five plays where you're going to be like, what the fuck? And what I mean by that is, you know, why are you throwing? I, I, I think they're going to try to press. I think they're really going to try to push the ball downfield. Do for whatever they, reason, I have a strong, I just have a, an instinct nod at me that they're going to tr- try to push that ball downfield. I think that's they what Michigan, to, that's what Michigan did. And it worked because they but, hit on 50% of them. Right. And I think that the, what I'm saying is, is I, I think that they're going to do it on t- It's not going to be the most efficient thing. And some of it's just going to be feeling out or just a way to open up more running lanes uh, for estimate and the other backs. Like I, I definitely feel like the shots will be took to keep Ohio state honest. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Um, I think you're right. And, too. and yeah. so even if they're not, you know, even if they're not completions or that, they're, they're going to be trying to keep Ohio state honest one way or another. Yeah. 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 Like Hartman is good enough and the receivers are good enough where if they don't, if they aren't honest with their coverage, we'll burn them deep for sure. Yeah, and and so I guess my that. question, my question too, is it's like you're in a hostile road environment and from all accounts, it looks like Notre Dame, for the most part, is going to hold on to most of their tickets. I do not believe, in my heart of hearts, and we'll 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 let it know when we're up there. Gonna have to, gotta, I'm gonna have to see it to believe it. I, I I listened to the pod. I heard heard the heard what those guys had to say about uh, people not being able to find tickets. But that doesn't mean there aren't already. <laughs> I mean, you could you could go online. It's and get not. Tickets right now, it's if you're not. It's, right, but it's not going to be like the Georgia game. No, Notre I, Dame, there are Notre Dame fans buying those tickets the same as there are Ohio, Ohio State fans. Like I've seen tweets out there, they're like, you know, I kind of feel like this is a, a a game for fans where there is a huge sense of urgency. Like yeah. Notre Dame fans are tired of losing to Ohio State, even though we've only played them a few times in the last ninety years. 
Seven times? Is it seven times? Two in the thirties, uh, uh, two in the nineties. Well, I mean, I mean, since and then three since, 30, since then. Since thirty-five, since thirty-five, it's been. I think what, it's seven. It's, well, since I think it's, it's, it's been two in the nineties. Uh, the two bowl was it two, just was it just two bowl games or three bowl games? Two bowl so, games. Yeah, two bowl it was games. the yeah the so Quinn Fiesta. And, yeah, he played them five times, five losses. And yeah, I think it's two and seven. I think it's seven games total. Yeah, Notre Dame fans are tired of it. Not just tired of it, but like chopping at the bit to get this dub. <laughs> Yeah, on Ohio State. Like this is, this is like trying to break like a decade losing streak to USC. Like that's it's that kind of feel. Yeah. And this and means it, more to Notre Dame, right? I definitely think so because I've I haven't gotten one shit talking text from a friend or anything of that nature. Now well, that te- I think I think the other part of it is is like, hedging- I think they're terrified. I. I I'm not sure. Terrified. You I know Buckeye ter- fans better. You know I know Buckeye, Buckeye fans. fans. I think I've, I had one of my mentors. You know better that. They're not terrified, but they are definitely uncertain, and which I, is a which is a newer concept for them, and a, yep. a more reasonable concept. I mean, they're not terrified, but they are definitely uncertain um, about what's going down. And you know, a lot of them want to run Ryan Day out on rail. A rail which anyway. They should because I think Ryan Day is an awful. I think Ryan Day is an awful coach. And this is why, like, when when they the, the national people are like, this is why this this is why this scares me. If Notre Dame wins this game thirty four to ten, just making up a number, yeah, and they fire Ryan Day at the end of the season because Michigan beats him for the third straight year. Because if mm. Michigan beats Ohio State again, they should it's fire him. That shouldn't even it's be the Jim Cooper treatment. Yeah, it is the ultimate that, that with, on those big rivalry games, especially the Michigan Ohio State game. That's the only reason you need. You yeah, I mean that's them. why Jim what, Cooper what good, got what, fired. What good are you? Yeah, John that's Cooper. why Jim Cooper was fired. That's why. That's John why. Yeah, yeah. every Michigan. So if, every so if Freeman beats Ohio State thirty-four to ten, even I mean, shit, they beat them thirty-three to twenty-five or whatever the fuck. I if you're a Notre Dame fan, like cut the phone lines to the Freeman household because. <laughs> Because I think that might, that's definitely going to be a name of interest. That's going to be on the tip of everybody's tongue, especially wow. fans, especially in the recruiting era. And ex- I mean, just all sorts of things. Um, so you definitely are rooting for Ohio State after this game to, <laughs> to win out because uh, you definitely don't want them firing Ryan Day. Um, be- Do you want them for X? They definitely, but they you definitely fu- should because he's not a good head coach. You want to fire Ryan Day this year because I don't think Marcus takes the job this year. I think in like two years, Marcus would take the job. But I think if Marcus was given the job this year, he would say no. I think I think sooner the better. I, I don't mean sooner the better. I just mean like it's more likely if it was sooner. Like if uh, this year more likely than two years from now. I think Notre Dame is good. I think what Marcus Freeman has done recruiting wise, and yes, it is not the top five classes that we had hoped would roll in top eight, but I, but the level of talent is still greater and it has been, and the roster has been, is being replenished in a better fashion 
than we had seen. And the way that they're using the portal to supplement takes takes a top nine recruiting class and turns it into a top four. Yeah. I think what, they, so, they, I mean, Gerby Lambert. This is a, was, we've said it. Gerby this is Lambert is signed today, right? Or was it yesterday? When did committed, Gerby? Committed on, uh, on Tuesday yesterday. night. Tuesday night. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the highest ranked OT, uh, offensive tackle in the class, like by end of year, CJ Carr and Cam Williams are probably five stars. Probably. And unless your boy EJ Hallen has something to say about it, already. and he might. Going on three. It's probably a top. It's pro, it's it's absolutely definitely a top ten class. If I'm looking at the way that things are yeah, breaking, they out. they had dropped down to thirteen before Lambert committed, and then they yeah. moved up to seven. Jubed, I think they're eight now. Um, so it's it's a little di- like it's still a little dicey as far as like the actual ranking goes. That aside, and that I actually t- put less stock in the actual players to. that they're getting because they're getting then, very good players. Yes, yes. Because like Cam the, Cam Williams could come in and like the kind of season that he's having, like Cam Williams could be a day one starter at wide receiver. I mean, look look at Jaden Greathouse. For, does does Jaden Greathouse feel like a five star to you? No, but he should be, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he. he I, the, I mean, the, Cam the Williams is is going to be a five star, and you're going to have problems keeping him off the field next year. With what I still consider to be Notre Dame to have a really good set of receivers next year coming back. Yeah. Like this, uh, this roster. I like I'm the room. You, I like is the room. fucking good from top to yeah. bottom. This roster is good. They're 96 over on the scholarship uh, chart right now, which you know, which doesn't mean what it used to mean. To me, it just means. That the, when they trim down, they'll trip, you know, they're 96 over 85. You're probably looking at about, a, and that's, you know, that's got fucking estimate on the count. So take it for what it is. Yeah. But, you know, you're trimming back maybe 15, 20. But what they've been doing in the portal in the is as important as anything else. They have just been plugging. Like, it is nice. It is nice to, <laughs> to get transfers in that are contributors and that are good. They don't have to be all Americans. They do not have to be, but they need to be, you know, you, you want them to be guys that are coming in to contribute, to add competition, to make sure that whoever is there as the best player on the field is the best player that Notre Dame has to put on the field. I mean, and that's what's going on right now. So anyways, um, where did this all start? Ryan Day or before that? Ryan Day. It was it started with the discussion of whether or not Ryan Day, uh, you know, his firing would replace Marcus Freeman. But we we'll, would we'll put the cart uh, before the horse. I right. think ultimately, when it comes down to this game, is that I think that Ohio State at the skill position, specifically wide receiver, is better than Notre Dame. But I think that the overall roster, who's got the better quarterback? Notre Dame. Who's got the better offensive line? Notre Dame. Right? Full stop. I mean, isn't that what we stop? Ba- isn't that what we based everything off of? of you like base why, no- why Notre Dame, Dame has lost these big, these big time games is because the other team had the the, the quarterback, the much the better quarterback. And I mean, and I, I brought it up in in my rant about Ohio State stinking like. Their running back room, we have been gaslit 
about this running back room being actually good. But if you look at how they have performed in big games, these running backs that Ohio State has have not performed. They didn't perform against Michigan. They didn't perform against Georgia. They didn't perform against Michigan the year before or against Utah the year before. They didn't perform against Penn State. They didn't perform against Iowa. Anytime these running backs face a competent defense, they wilt like a flower. And uh, like you can give me all the nonsense that you want to give me right about Travion Henderson and Myron Williams and Trayrum, right? I don't care because Audrick Estime is better than all of them. Audrick Estime is the best running back on the field. That is full stop. Unquestionable. You cannot look at their running back room and say that, that any of them are better to this point in the season than Audrick Estime. So running back is Notre Dame advantage. So you have the advantage in quarterback, offensive line, and running back. Ohio State has the advantage unequivocally in wide receiver. Who's got the better tight ends? I think Cade Stover's good. But is he better than Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays? I don't think so. Not at least in the 2D. I mean, what are your thoughts on Gee Scott or Joe Royer? Right? That, that, that's a, that's what I'm saying. It's like Notre Dame has the advantage at tight end. They have the advantage at running back. They have the advantage at quarterback. They have the advantage at uh, offensive line. All right. So on defense, secondary is kind of a wash. Um, Linebacker is kind of a wash. And then defensive end, uh, defensive line, you have to give to Ohio State. But the, the statistics are pretty similar. I mean, neither one's getting to the quarterback, neither one's getting tackles for losses. So I I feel more comfortable in Notre Dame's offense being able to put up 28, 20, 31 points than I do up against, uh, you know, Ohio States. I mean, are you telling me that, that Ohio State's offense who had scored 23 against Indiana and 35 against Youngstown State is suddenly going to be able to put up uh, 31 against Notre Dame? No. Do I feel comfortable about Notre Dame's deep offense putting up that? Yes, I do. And and I think that that's what it boils down to is when it, you talk about the knowns and unknowns is I feel more comfortable in the Notre Dame knowns, which are quarterback, offensive line, running back and cornerback than I do against the Ohio State unknowns, which are quarterback, offensive line. And then, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to put running back on there, but, um, you know, I, I feel more comfortable. This is a game that our name should win. And I, I think you see that in the, the national media is like, do I feel uncomfortable about both Ty and uh, Dan, the solid verbal pick Notre Dame to win this game. Pat 40 putting in his pick Notre Dame to win this football game. All uh, I care about is. That Stuart Mandel put in for Ohio State. Tell me that's true. I don't know yet. His will come out tomorrow. Uh, you know, you know, you know. He's going to pick Notre Dame. He's going to pick Notre Dame. No, he fucking can't. He is. I saw it in his mailbag. He's going to pick Notre Dame. <sighs> Listen, if there's one fan base out there that thinks they get job more by the media than Notre Dame's fan base, it's, it's Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, so this will the, the that'll play. the Notre Dame predictions will go right, play right into the hands of. Uh, and I mean, as far as you could tell, like Ohio State, we talked about this pre-pod about like what's a bigger Notre Dame football game, and like. Yeah, we we mentioned '93 as being kind of a a, a jam, um, but like you think about '93, Charlie Ward came into this game and he already had Heisman aspirations, basically. I mean, right? Basically, and right. like Stuart McDougall loved the guy, but like, <laughs> I mean, come on. So like. And you look at 2005, and it's like Liner. Right, reigning Heisman winner. Like Notre Dame has never had one of these games where they had the better quarterback. Can you think of one where they Notre Dame came into one of these kind of games and they had the better quarterback? Everybody likes to say, "What? Uh, let's look at these games that Notre Dame's been in. When has Notre Dame had the better quarterback unequivocally during a big during a big game? Never. It's, it, no. Like, like if fine. you want to count, I mean, if you want to count. Maybe I mean, if you want to count, oh five Michigan, maybe. At the time of the game, it was big. Yeah, it was huge, and Brady Quinn was a better quarterback for sure. But like, but I mean, like, like I said, I'm stretching everything right there for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can go back to '88. And you can go like Tony Rice or what? Craig Erickson? Steve? No, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh. Like absolutely, Steve Walsh is over. <laughs> right? Steve Walsh over. No, you'll, you'll, well, you'll start some fights there. But I mean, like, <laughs> well, well, you don't. You're not, Brendan. You're not understanding the what it, the leadership of a Tony Rice does for a team. Right, but but I mean, like, Steve Walsh is Heisman contender. Steve Walsh. Right. Right. Like Tony yeah, Rice is probably it, the best Notre Dame quarterback of the last like forty years or whatever, but like I, you know that that does bring up a part that I I did want to beef with you about your non mentions of Jimmy Clausen on the Silver Bullets podcast. I will only say I I I think I know why you didn't I because did you you probably I, believe that people outside the Notre Dame bubble they will not understand would not understand. And you are correct, which is why I understood why you didn't. And I'm glad it was you and not me because I wouldn't be able to not hold back. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Jimmy. Oh, happy birthday, Jimmy. How will he turn? See, if Jude, if Jude was here tonight, he'd, he'd do that. that at the end of the, at the end of the show, but I'll just throw it in for you right in the middle of it. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I could honestly sit here for another hour and go back and forth about the different facets of this game. Maybe that's what the people want, but we got other stuff we got. I mean, we got a lot of stuff to still to cover. We on got the, the polls because we but didn't I mean, get I the polls just, last week, right? Well, what I was saying is, I, I mean, I can talk about this game until I'm blue in the fucking face. Like, there's that's how big this game is. There's just every little bit of it is huge. And, like, we haven't even mentioned the fact that, you know, yeah, I mean, that's how you know how big this game is. Like we barely mentioned, you know, the all green jerseys. Uh, we did not mention the fact that Notre Dame is going to have LED bracelets on every love that ticketed seat uh, love for that. a pregame for a pregame light show. Like I, 
I put the, like, I did not know that. Like I, and saw that, um, uh, uh, South Bend Tribune and, uh, and, uh, Eric and, and Tyler over at the, and the insider, uh, rivals, uh, po- posted stories. I'm like, what the fuck? And looked into that. Like, Man, how did I miss that? And so I put up the piece, uh, yesterday morning. And it was just like, like Notre Dame is finally, finally embracing the green on, on the, on the, on the green out. This is the first time. It wasn't last year when they wore the green jerseys as, as you would like to. Like they are all fucking in, and it is the first time they have ever gone completely nuts first into something like this. The Michigan like game in 2018 so, was the first no. green game, right? Irish wear yeah, green, and we were and we wore blue jerseys, and we wore blue jerseys. You know, so it's like this is the first time Notre Dame, and I'm not saying like. A, that they're all in because they're wearing uh, they're going all in like before it was just, they did not put the effort into creating the atmosphere. And so for those, for those out there, I've been going to Notre Dame stadium for a long fucking time. And I'll be as honest with anybody out there. The stadium at the stadium atmosphere for most games for 25 years was bland and terrible, not terrible, but it's just bland as fuck. Yeah, like you've had some games that were that were great, you know, great and and kind of lively, depending upon where you're at in the stadium. USC games, yeah, yes, but they, the, it's not it's not debatable. Notre Dame is not was not been an intimidating place. It has not been like Austin. Is that is the energy has been lacking from Notre Dame it's Stadium? It's not been an Austin Stadium, yeah. So for Notre Dame to go all in on this means that they are like, oh, this is something that we can do. Like, that's what I bitch about with Notre Dame so many times is like the, how they hamstring themselves with, with so many different things. But then there's other things that, that they could absolutely do that, to, you know, to help the program. This is one of them. Whether you yeah. think it's superficial or not, it's not superficial. Having your university go all out to make a game day atmosphere as fucking live as possible. I mean, just hot as possible is not superficial. This affects the game. The fucking jumping ass. Just the crowd being into it. This everything about it feeds into the game, puts the extra adrenaline in the players. It makes coaches take chances and do other things. It's crazy. What, you know, 80,000 plus people together can, can manifest. Do. Yeah. They can manifest it. Yeah. yeah. Manifest is perfect word for it. That's what I mean. They're finally going all in on this. And I think if we get the results that Brennan and I, I believe the two of us think that Notre Dame gets on Saturday yes. night, then you were, we're fucking off to the races boys. We yeah. <laughs> we're, then the, so we're looking at, we're looking at USC in an entirely different spectrum. That now that re- insane. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if if Notre Dame, <laughs> I could see a scenario where we do the exact same thing against SC. Because why, why not? Why not run it back? Why not? Like the green jerseys, run it back. You got You got hell. Where, you know where what? The, you know the what? Pants with them too. Who gives? When's like, the like, next time Notre Dame is playing a home game after this Ohio State game? Uh, it's um. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 
It is. Yep. Yup. Yup. Run it back. You know what? Josh, I'm going to be, if Notre Dame gets, if, if Notre Dame does the thing, if Notre Dame does the thing, right? Which is what Greg loves to say. If they do the thing, if if they do the thing, if they do the thing, I will try and get a question in that, that press conference. Marcus is green. Are you going to do, are you going to do the Dan divide and just roll with the green the rest of the year? I'm going to try and get that question in there. I, like if you get it done against Ohio state, do the thing. Green yeah, jerseys, just, I mean, rest that's an easy, pre- that's an easy press, right? Like you just, I mean, you just say, you know, Hey, Marcus, great win tonight. Huge win. Uh, you know, they perform so well, you know, it has me, has me want to ask, we, are you guys going to wear the green jerseys for the rest of the season? A la Dan Devine. All and then he'll give the answer like he'll kind of like uh, maybe <laughs> maybe I don't know you know whatever and you know and yeah, you I think plant he, the seeds you plant the seed he gave it an answer he had a similar type of question after the BYU game because they asked him how they played different in their in their fancy new digs yeah or what was it was it the BYU game no I would frame it like. Every Notre Dame, every Notre Dame football coach has put their stamp on the Notre Dame football jersey, right? Well, this from, feels this already feels like a stamp, doesn't it? It does. Like from I mean, Air Parsegian, right? Change the jersey up. Um, you know, Dan Devine changed the jersey up. Lou Holtz put the hooker gold pants on the stadium. I mean, you can even say uh, Jerry Faust put the 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 Madonna blue. But every, did, which they need, to, which they need to do a shamrock uh, throwback of. Uh, every Notre Dame football coach has put the their stamp on the jersey. Like, is this your moment? Is this your moment to say we're green? We're we're, we're rolling with greens, right? I mean, you have the question has to be asked. If they can, if they do the damn thing, are you going to roll with the greens for the rest of your home games this year? I think it needs to be asked. I think that absolutely needs to be asked because that's that's the thing that fans care about, right? Fans care about what you know, wins and losses, but then also what you look like in those games. And like, I don't know if 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 they do the damn thing, I'm I'm gonna try and ask the question. Like, are you willing to wear greens the rest of the year, a la Dan Devine? You right because it was the USC game that it started. Right, it was the USC win with the Trojan horse and all that. And oh that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, are you willing to do that? It's like the time frame Notre Dame fans want to forget because also, they act like you can't wear the green jerseys because Holtz only broke them out every once in a while. Right. Whereas we, was Joe like Montana, wore, Joe Montana wore them quite a bit. <laughs> Frank Leahy's team wore picture, them quite a bit. Find me a picture of Joe Montana in a blue Notre Dame jersey. You can't do it. <laughs> Right. So like, yeah, we're, if they can do the damn thing, I'm going to try and ask the question. Are we going to roll greens rest of the year? Cause why not? I mean, it's like, it's, it's like in baseball, right? Like everything's about like superstition and streaks and like we're in the same job. You know, it's a a shame Jude isn't here. Cause I was going to put, I was going to put you guys on the spot. And I figure this is as good as a spot as not. 
So are we going to do a driving home podcast Ooh. recording? I mean, I'll be in the car. I will be there for if if they do the damn thing. I mean, of course I will. I think if, if so, Jude's going to be home, right? Yeah. Jude isn't coming up for the SC game now. No, he's, or he's if, coming up. If, he's coming for SC, right? If if Greg doesn't jump on the podcast, I don't. I'm excommunicating him. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut him out of the phone lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I think uh, I think if Jude's down, and this is this is a win only scenario. Win only. Win only scenario. I think if we get it. I think if Jude's down, we will have the ne- the next pod will be recorded while you and I are are avoiding deer on the turnpike, right? In separate in separate vehicles, and uh, and surprisingly sober. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll be we'll be mostly sober. I I'll, mean, be, I'll be I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be re- I'll be all. I will have regained sobriety by then. Yeah. By the time I, I leave Notre Dame State, I will have regained sobriety. I will. I will know that I will need to spend a thousand dollars on a corky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at that the point, the fact that you have to go to North Manchester though is just like, yeah, uh, it's like going to. Oh God, I don't know what to, what's comparable for you up in Michigan. It's not good. Like no. it's not like Redford. It's not, like Redford, like it's Michigan. it's not hard to get to, but it's not like the easiest spot. It's just just no. like random highways. It's, it's an hour and a half from where I'm going to be basing out of, and an hour and a half from South Bend. It's just, <laughs> just yeah. I'm sure my wife's going to listen to this one. I hope me and my kids don't, because uh, they don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right. Do you want to oh, get into the? They don't know yet. I think I'm going to buy it on Monday. And then uh, before we get before we move on. Yeah, uh, I do have to say. Speaking of Notre Dame quarterbacks. Everybody get on over to Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. My man. Dude, they just dropped. A gorgeous. Gorgeous, brand new green. Notre Dame shirt for this week. With Sam Hartman's beautiful face, hair, yeah. beard, everything wrapped all up into it. Brendan, what did you think of uh, of Homefield's latest addition to the Notre Dame collection, dropping on uh, this Wednesday? That well, I bought that no it. One will be able, that no one will get into their mailbox <laughs> <laughs> before the game, mind you. I bought it immediately. It was the fastest I've ever bought anything Homefield ever put out there, and Jude, Jude did not did not. Love is that this is not Jude's cup of? Is that my cup of tea exactly? It is my cup of tea because, um, like, it's got that Ben Day dots, which is the the you know the old comic book style um, dots on Sam Hartman. Like it was the quickest that I've ever bought anything, uh, home field apparel, like the dots on there, the way that they made Sam Hartman look, if, if they pull out the thing they do, which like home field magic, it's got a signature, is, it's got a signature on it. It's got a signature. Like home field magic is real, right? Is, is home mm-hmm. field magic real? I believe in it. Like, 
I mean, you home field decided to drop a Sam Hartman T-shirt the week before they play Ohio, like the week of Ohio State. Like, are you kidding me? Like, if you believe in home field magic, I mean, it's phenomenal. And like, it's the quickest that I've ever wanted to like. It's right up that like looking at it for me personally, it's right up there with the the, the hockey Notre Dame or Clash Morbike. Just I see those I see those um uh you know the, the dots on there and I'm like you know as, as somebody who's like I don't know I don't think that I'm a, a a graphical wizard or anything like that but but when I look at it but I just are. but you I, are. I appreciate what they've put together for this. Like even in like the helmet and that the fact that they included the, the interlocking ND on the helmet on there, um, everything about it is just phenomenal. And it's NIL for Sam Hartman. Um, you gotta, you gotta buy this shirt. Like, it's a Sam great, Hartman, I mean, it's a, it's great a great shirt. color. It's a great it's a color. Great, it's a great color. It's got the, it's got the it says, yellow poking out of it. It's 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 gorgeous. It's, it's his victory gorgeous. march. It's his victory march on there. It's got Sam Hartman. It contributes to his NIL and you know all power to Sam Hartman's NIL. Thank God he came to Notre Dame. I want to give him every single dollar that I can possibly give him. This is a chance for me to give Sam Hartman money. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I this is a shirt that I was all over. Could not could not buy it soon enough. And if you have not purchased from home field before, then you can use the code earned 23 and save 15% off your first order. Throw this in it, throw a bunch of shit in there. Look, I, we are very honest about home field and home field has actually posted about like they're, they just, they've had some shipping delays. Uh, so uh, they did, they did post something about the, um, you know, tr- working tirelessly to to try to fix that thing, and that's that's great. Uh, we love your brand. I we, we, and we've talked before, like good things come to those who wait. So don't be discouraged. Don't don't do not not get some of the best Notre Dame merchandise you can get just because you got to wait an extra few days. That's that seems silly to me. Um, Listen, I'll wait a month to get the, the the best apparel that you can possibly imagine. Yeah, I've done. I mean, I've, there's been several times where I've gone and ordered something and almost forgot. And then I was like, oh, God, that's right. I got, I, I got that TCU shirt showing up that I ordered. It shows up and it's like this. And is, I'm just so happy. This is worth so every happy. single. Yeah. Yeah. So don't 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 let that stop you. This stuff's great. It feels great. It's so ridiculously comfortable. Um and don't be afraid to order a size up. Here, here's what I'll say. No, don't be afraid. Definitely size up. Definitely, definitely size, up. size up because like I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I, I buy a large and I, I, I doubled up on buying a, a home field shirt. My wife now owns it. Uh, cause it went to the dryer. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not meant to, to shrink, but cause they're, you know, it's a tri blend, I think, but like, yeah, Size up when you order it and then let it run through your dryer and it'll be the perfect fit. And it's, it's immaculate. I mean, I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing my, uh, uh, interlocking ND home field shirt right now. 
I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Every every piece of of home field apparel that I own is the favorite. I mean, the joggers that I own are my favorite uh, pants that I own. The sweatshirt that I own. The the shamrock. Uh, I have the uh, uh, leprechaun one. It's my favorite. I have the gray leprechaun. It's my favorite. Brett, did you did you see their their Idaho drops today for Idaho and Idaho uh, State? Oh boy, I did see them, dude. That fucking Idaho State shirt with the tiger, big sky champ. It's very good. It's very good. But man, but let me tell you, that driving bull vandal shirt is so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. He's got like the Lego. He's got the Lego. uh, It's got like the Lego. A knight's helmet where it's just like the classic like helmet on it is it is so good. I I think I want that tiger tattooed on my arm. The with the basketball seven, seven I, big sky, it's very good. Yeah, it's fucking that thing's ridiculous. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Uh, and right now too, um like what a, I'm pretty sure it's one of Brendan's favorite uh accounts on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we're going to call it now. Uh, but, um, Twitter forever. Sickos. Comfortable sickos. Oh, sickos is the best. Yeah. Sickos. Yeah, sickos committee. Thank you. Uh, they have a deal right now, uh, using the code committee. There's a special collection on home field for sickos. And it's, and it's like, you can get, you use commit the code committee on these, on, on that, uh, that collection. Just go to home field. Apparel.com and go to collections and I have the sickos collection and you can save 15% off of those t-shirts. Yeah. That's a hell. Uh, oh no, 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 not 15. I'm sorry. 25, 25, 25%. Yeah. That's a fucking great, great bargain. That pays for shipping and handling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, home feels just like they're busted out there. They got all the mini collections out there. There's shit. There's new pit gear. There's new, uh, shit James Madison. And gear. There's new Tulane stuff for the to the Lane fanatics out there. Dude, the Hullabaloo shirt, dude. Are you serious? Are you serious? It's good. Dude, it's good. It's so Jude's good. Not, Jude's gonna have a hard time not getting all those. His wife is gonna hate him. Yeah, it happens. He, t- he just <laughs> has to make sure that he buys her. He reciprocates, right? As long yeah, as Jude's I mean, wife is able to get a whole field payroll on her own, it'll. Uh... Yeah, the sheer amount of new merch. I've tried to get home field uh, to come to South Bend for for one of these games, uh, and I thought I was going to be able to talk them into Ohio the State. UFC. Oh, well, Ohio you... State was one, but they, I think they're going to be so. They're going to be. Uh, oh, they're going to be up in Michigan. Uh, which is a big for money Rutgers, for Rutgers for the yeah, Rutgers well, not, game. They're they're not, excited about not, the Rutgers game. They're excited about Michigan money, which you know all about living there. There's a lot of but, Michigan money, but the Rutgers game. I don't blame them for going up and getting the money. Rutgers. <laughs> hey, not even our picks without, this week. Without Rutgers, there would be no college football. There, wait, wait, what? Well, yeah, I guess. We respect Rutgers on this podcast. All right, all right, all right, fine. Anyways, but get on over to hey, make sure you're following home. Follow Homefield on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, that way, you'll never miss. Like I'm telling you right now, this Sam Hartman shirt. This is something that 
home field would normally let me know a week or two earlier. And then they just changed their whole schedule up and then boom, it showed up and they're like, sorry. If the magic is real, <laughs> Notre Dame, if so, the magic is real, take Notre Dame and the money, yeah. take the money line. Yeah. So make sure you're following them on Twitter and on Instagram and uh, just God have fun this, for Christmas. Cause there's a whole bunch of good stuff on there. Hopefield apparel, hopefield apparel.com. Use that code earn 23 for 15% off your first order. All right. Top 20. Do you want to do the top 20 and then we let's do picks? Do the, let's do the top 20. And I'm going to not <clears throat> use my wizard skills of editing. And so just real quick, Greg yeah. will, Greg has sent me once again, his explanation yeah. for his top 20. Yes, he did. And once again, that will be what trails us out of this podcast in its entirety. Uh, because Greg, I think, really appreciated going out to the alma mater. And so I'm going to. I think that the greatest thing that's ever been done in this podcast is that I put Greg's picks on blast. And it prompted him to put a rebuttal out there for each one of his picks. See that. Yeah. We get and Greg and and here's the thing: <laughs> is Greg put you? Greg blamed you for it. Is he was like Josh probably said that it was that I needed to be on. No, 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 Greg. I needed you on here, and I put you on blast because I knew you couldn't handle the fact. And that's why when that first one came out, that I wanted to make sure that I made fun of your podcast, that your picks as much as possible, because I knew you couldn't handle it. And I needed to get it. I needled you because I needed it, Greg, because I needed you on the spot. You're lucky you didn't do a whole hit and hustle, uh, dominate, dominating that. Uh, but this week, your top 20 are yes. from top, from top to bottom. Number one, your Notre Dame fighting Irish. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Washington. Number four, Ohio state. Number five, Penn state. Number six, USC. Number seven, Florida state. Number eight, Oregon. 9, Texas, 10, Utah, 11, Michigan, 12, Oklahoma, 13, Oregon State, 14, Miami, 15, North Carolina, 16, Ole Miss, 17, Duke, 18, Wazoo, 19, LSU, and 20, Clemson. Somehow, some way, Iowa still is not fucking ranked in the top 20, uh, but I starting to see a, a pattern of accountability here, Brendan, with like the voting is starting to swing towards normalcy. What is your biggest takeaway from this? Uh, that I'm the only one that voted Notre Dame number one, yet they get the number one ranking. And look, yes. call me a homer. I voted him too. I voted him too. Jude voted right. them too. Call me a homer, and that's fine. I am. Every fucking beat reporter that's got an AP vote should be. Well, everybody else I, I would say, I would say um, <laughs> to defend Notre Dame at one, I would say uh, they're scoring point 46 season, points a game, bingo. which they have never done the four <laughs> games, like since like 19, like 14 or some shit like that. 46 <laughs> points a game. Y'all I'm running out of Dom Shabua things. A yell. Um, I think uh, of this, that the, the catches me the most is that we're all sort of lockstep in the legitimacy of Washington. And, and it uh, kind of, Right. Yes. Washington's for real. Washington um, is for real. And the thing that cracks me up, but until they're not, 
Well, who, we'll find out who, this weekend. I say, but who's but been their, who's been their test? Uh, but, yeah, Michigan but State. You I the, guess. But you can say the same thing about about any Notre numbers. Dame. Notre Dame's one of them. Right. So, it, which is fine, but the way they have gone about their business has been so good and so right. solid. Right. That it, it absolutely is shine. And Michael Penix, he's got a season behind him from last season that was that was a great season for him. Them too, carrying that over and continuing to improve. Washington is legit. Who who has a bigger win? And I think I brought this up. Like uh, Ryan Grubb deciding not to go to Alabama because he interviewed for the Alabama job and told Nick Saban no. It's like Seth MacFarlane not getting on that 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 flight that ended up hitting the World Trade Center. Like you avoided the absolute biggest disaster that was the Alabama offensive coordinator job. And you have waylaid that into, I mean, he's going to be the most sought after coordinator for a head coaching position or, you know, offensive coordinator after this year. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at Tommy Reese and, and he's like eating, you know, shit sandwiches with with garbage quarterbacks and awful offensive lines at, at Alabama, and Ryan Grubb was the first one offered the job, and he said no. And like, what a decision from him! He bet on himself at, at at Washington, and it panned out phenomenally. Like Washington was, I picked them as my top team um, to this point. I, I had Notre Dame too. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I got, I got no, no argument for me that, that you did that either. I mean, that's like, yeah, I mean, for like, I mean, you look at the AP poll and they're just putting Georgia and they're putting Michigan and they're just sort of like going through the motions. Like what has Michigan done to this point that's deserving for them to be ranked anywhere in the top 10? I don't think either of us, did you put Michigan in your top 10? No. No, you had him at 15. No. I had Michigan at 12. Like, I don't understand how AP voters are ranking them first by the fact that, like, they're not beating teams. Like, Notre Dame, I don't want to say they struggled against Central Michigan because they didn't. But, like, that was the worst game Notre Dame played. But that's been every game Michigan's played against UNLV. Eastern Carolina and you know who who they play this week? Bowling Green. Bowling Green. No. And it was a seven point game at halftime. No. I, I I guess I'm just a little bit curious, and it didn't end up that big. It's not like Notre Dame blowing out Central Michigan by 24. You know, Sam Hartman did you, three picks in the game against Bowling Green. Do you think we owe? How many? So Alabama received two points. Right. I didn't vote we, for. Them. Are we crazy? You did. No, 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 no. I think Alabama's one of the the. I don't. I think Alabama's going to lose to um, Ole Miss this week, and we'll get to that in our picks. I don't think Alabama's one of the twenty best teams in the country. Do you think that's crazy? But yeah. But 
Well, we have Texas great. ranked up, right? Uh, th- is that what you're saying? We have, is it- we have, we have, no, no. We, Clemson is sitting there at number 20, and we have Alabama receiving votes with two points. Right. Well, you and you and I are simpatico, right? Because we both put Texas at nine because they struggled against Wyoming, and neither one of us think Alabama is very good. No. So, but mean, did you rank? Did you rank Clemson? No, absolutely not. Neither did I. Yeah. So who's who's still thinking Clemson's good enough to get those points? Um, we'll see this Jude, weekend. Jude, I guess. Jude's got Jude's got them down at uh, at ten. At ten, which is absurd. But that's Jude's Jude's brand. Like I like Jude's pool because I and can kind of see and where that's, he's going. That's all. The, I mean, that's all the points. Jude was the only one <laughs> to to rate. I should have rated Iowa fucking higher. Would have got snuck Iowa in there. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. That's all the votes off of off of one poll, one vote. Well, for me, like. I, even in a loss, I might find myself ranking Iowa depending on how they play against uh, Penn State. This they, week. they put up forty-one points against Western Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, no, no, no. They 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 deserve they deserve to be ranked like fifth. I just points. I just don't feel like they could have fit in my twenty. But I think that if they play well against Penn State, which I have my three, even though Penn State looked abjectly awful on offense last year. Um or last week, I think that if they, they keep the spread against uh, Penn state, I could definitely put them in my top. 20. It's just crazy to me that we would have four big 10 teams ranked ahead of Iowa on this poll, or excuse me, three big 10 teams ranked ahead of Iowa on this poll when Iowa's going to win the damn big 10. <laughs> it's happening. It's I happening. did notice that uh, the ACC was, um, the second highest ranked conference behind the Pac-12 for you and your rankings. Uh, go ACC. I can't. Hey, look. Yeah, seven, rank, you, have, my, you have seven Pac-12 teams in your top 20. Four are uh, Big 12. Or not Big 12, but um, ACC. ACC, I found that yeah. Interesting. yeah. I found that interesting. The Pac-12 has, has shown themselves in this – like, Pre-conference matchup time frame that we're in, they've 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 played well and looked I good. So. Yep, they have. <clears throat> well, certainly see things. Yeah. Uh, you know which uh, pack Colorado well, could definitely. Hey, drop I say, you know what? Well, I didn't. Colorado's not in our top twenty. Not in yours. They're in it's our not. top twenty, aren't they? No. What? In, oh, Colorado yeah. has five points. Five points. Oh boy! Because Greg, because Greg ranked them and you ranked them. I ranked them. Jude and I said, "I'm gonna take a no pass." So you didn't want to rank them based off of an overtime victory, based off of an overtime victory against one of the worst teams in the FBS. Oh man, I dropped them down. I'll say that. That's I dropped them down for week three. I mean, it's fucking Colorado State. I don't know what we're doing here. I I do not know what we are doing here. I don't either. I had they were gifted last week, and I dropped Colorado State fucked up by not going for two right off the bat in that overtime. Well, Dion fucked up by not taking the ball. True, right? But I said you're not. That should have been immediate. You're going for two. Like you're on the road. That is, I mean, that's not the rule, but I mean, that's the unwritten 
code of big balls. Get the win, man. Get the, Get fuck, the win. Fuck going, in, fuck going into more overtimes. You're Colorado State. Nobody was there for you. Yeah. You know, little Wang's coming out doing his thing. Everybody, Wu-Tang was out there to see. The Rock was Nobody, out there for Colorado. Rock was there. Nobody's out there to see you. Like, either fucking win this thing or get the hell out of there. And I just, I, that's why you are what you are. You could, I mean, where was your big balls? No that's one would have blamed you. No one would have blamed you for no not making, no one would have blamed right. So Jude's not here. And as this tradition last time was not here, I put Greg on blast because he wasn't here. Let me just read off Jude's pool. Ohio State number one, Notre Dame number two. <laughs> Jude had Oklahoma number three, then Georgia, then Oregon, then Washington, Penn State. Jude had Miami at number eight, USC at number nine. Jude had Clemson, number 10, then Michigan. Then Jude had UCLA, Oregon State. He then ranked uh, UCF at number 14, Old Miss at 15. Now, uh, Syracuse at 16, LSU at 17, Texas A&M at 18, Alabama at 19, and Texas at 20. I do find it curious that he dropped uh, Syracuse from the number three spot last week (laughs) to the number 16 spot this week, uh, despite the win. But, yeah. Yeah. I bet he's got a great explanation for that too. I know he does. I wish he was here to to explain. <laughs> to explain. <laughs> Tell me about this, please. Lay it on me. Why did why did Syracuse drop from three to uh sixteen? Hmm? Maybe we'll find out next week. Yeah. Um okay. All right, so do you want to do picks? Hey, yeah, and like, just a reminder, you will get Greg's uh, top 20 listing in its entirety uh, at the conclusion of our podcast, because uh, I don't really feel like going in and cutting things out tonight. I'm tired. So <laughs> maybe it'll just be the tradition that, that he'll finish it up and go out in the alma mater with these. That's how I'm just, we'll do a Lou Holt style. I'm just style. curious as to why Greg feels that um, Oklahoma's the 11th ranked team in the nation. I mean, ultimately, it's because Michigan needs to be 14th. But uh, I'm interested to hear what he's got to say. And he's high on Washington State. And I'm also interested in that. Well, not as high as, well, the same blow as me. Recognized polls are very similar. Huh. All right. You want to do picks, man? Yeah, let's do some picks. All right. All right. So um, we're going to start over, off. Go over. Go over last All week right. real quick. Well, so last week, you and I. Both were uh, four and two. Jude was two and four. Not a good, not a banner week for Jude. Um, I picked uh, Western Kentucky, which was a fail, and Notre Dame, which was a fail, and you picked Michigan State and Notre Dame, which were. Uh, I, I I still we talked about prepod. I don't understand how you picked Michigan State, but uh, talk myself into it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of talking yourself into. Um, Clemson at home, Florida State. Clemson is a two-point home dog. Yeah, they're going to get routed. They're going to get fucking routed. How bad is it going to be? 
I don't disagree with you at all. Um, and I really looked at this says this is all about Clemson. This is 90% about Clemson and 10% about Florida state. I, I get that. I get that. The, the, I get that. They, they kind of looked better since the Duke loss, but they lost to Duke. And while I do respect Mike Elko and what he's done, uh, done down there with the blue devils, I just, I've not been sold on Clemson since from day fucking one. I've said it over and over again. All they've done is prove me right. 2021 and was a disaster. 2022 is a disaster. And I don't, I think, yeah, I think Florida state's little, uh, little hand fucking they did over up in Boston might've shook up, might've been the best thing for them moving forward with the rest of their ACC schedule. Um, Maybe there was a little bit of overlooking with BC to get to Clemson. I mean, Florida State's ready to take over the conference. They're ready to do that. Uh, and I think they do it in emphatic fashion uh, at Clemson. I don't disagree with that at all. I think I think this, you're gonna give you're gonna tell me that Florida State can win this game by a field goal. <laughs> and you got right. Right? Right. Like I, I mean, my prediction is 38-13, but that does not mean I need 38-13. To no, win. no, no. It could be 24-21, and I and I win. Like, right. I, I don't understand. Like, there are so many concern. Like, there are so many concerns about Fl- Clemson, and even with them being at home, it's not a night game in Death Valley, right? So, I don't know. This seems like an easy pick for me. So, give me Florida State as well. Um, the next one is is the Joshua Bowles classic. Uh, I I refuse to pick anything other than Oregon. Well, Oregon is a twenty one point favorite at home against Colorado. Yep, give me Oregon. They cover. Who's the best player on uh, Colorado? Ah, uh, well, he won't be playing. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, Travis, uh, Travis Hunter is out for three to four weeks, I said, with a lacerated liver. Yeah, that's uh, not thanks great, to it, Bob. Thanks to a brutal, um, although... Uh, cheap shot. It was a cheap shot, but I mean, you don't deserve th- fucking death threats. No, I mean, Dion, still, Dion came out there and good on I don't know how to say this without coming off as a Neanderthal, but I mean, it's it's still football. Cheap shots are a part of the game. And I know people want to say that's not that's not the game. I get that. I understand that. But if you it's still part of the game, it's still part of the fucking game. It happens. It happens yeah. underneath every fucking pile. Shit happens on the football field. It was brutal. It was intentional. And look, there's rules against it. But just because he broke a rule doesn't mean, you know, he didn't pull out a knife on him. Uh, and look, and maybe this has a little bit to do with it. Why I don't give a fuck either. Hunter talked a lot of shit for the game. I'm sorry to t- I, I'm sorry, dude. You talk shit. Get hit. You're gonna you're gonna get fucking hit. Yeah, you gotta back shit. it up. And look, I think Travis Hunter is a phenomenal football player. Phenomenal football player. But you cannot expect you cannot talk a ton of shit and not expect the you know the dirty side of the game coming after you. That's just what fucking happens. Not only yeah. that. But who knows how much of his body is worn down after the just being 
the new an for, iron horse. Yeah. I mean, for, for Colorado, I have a ton of respect for Travis Hunter. Do not get this twisted. But I also don't think we need to <laughs> launch a criminal investigation, <laughs> investigation on a guy. A yeah, fucking yeah, hit. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was a dirty late hit. Who cares? It happens, happens in happens in every Riley Mills had a late, had a dirty late hit. Yeah. I, it just degrees, right? Well, it was just, a, that degree was just turned up a little bit more. And when you throw in the fact that, that, uh, I'm sure Hunter had a target on his back because a lot of shit was talked, but again, that's part of the game. So I'm not condoning it. I would never teach it as a coach. It is definitely one of those unwritten rules of, of football that people say don't exist, but definitely do. Dirty hits happen. They don't have to, and maybe they shouldn't, but they happen. I'm not going to criminalize the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Like everyone wants to freak out. There has some, been some freak out sessions over that that I have never seen, and I just feel like I keep saying that about this Colorado team th- this season is like shit I have never seen before, and it's true. Dion has brought the circus to Boulder, and the circus is running. And I'm not that's not a that's not a diss to Dion by any means. Don't take that as dissing Dion or Colorado. I'm just saying the circus is in town. Prepare for some fucking shows, man, one way or another. Yeah. All right. So next game, uh, Utah, UCLA. Can I reach something before you make your pick? Yeah. Um, I'm going to need it probably. Uh, Whittingham appeared to be in pretty good mood throwing some jokes around in the media and even answering a question about rising before it was even asked. No, Cam? No, Whittingham said. He practiced today. This was yesterday. Uh, he did a great job, but we will know nothing for 48 hours to the minimum. Then, of course, you won't make an announcement. You'll just find out on game day who that, game, who that guy is. That's the best I can tell you right now. That sounds to me Reading between the lines, Cam Rising's playing this football game, and that's why I am picking Utah to win this game at home against UCLA. I need a family feud pass on this one for for right now. What do you I, need a, I, need a, I need to mull this over. No, no, you can't mull it over. You got to make a pick. I can't come back to them after. Uh, the fuck? Any four family feud rules? So, so Utah is a listen, four and a half point favorite. I know. I, I don't. I'm reading between the lines. I don't see him playing. You don't. I don't uh, think. God, it's, said, I don't. Think I mean, honestly, prompted. Honestly, Kyle is that that flipping about it? I mean, to me, this my I'm not picking. My decision isn't a Utah-based decision. It's more of a UCLA-based decision. Like, is UCLA ready for this? Like, Cam Cam Rising or not? Like, I. That's that's my more unknown, but you know more so than Cam, than um, than with Cam. Like I mean, you. I'm, that's why I asked for a pass. I'm struggling, like a motherfucker with this one. Ah. Uh, so I guess your question then is like, 
Dante Moore is the quarterback. Is he going to win the Mountains of Utah? Yeah, give me give me Utah to cover. I like I I that's fine. I mean, Utah's been one of my team my quote unquote teams for yeah few years now. That's so huge. I'll just I I respect what they do immensely. So I'll just I'll I'll, I'll follow I'll just follow mine. But it it's this is probably the most unsure game that I have. I, I mean the, I think Cam Rising is placing playing and if he plays i think that they cover easy but, but i just don't know but i mean the, yeah, I, I don't know I, I got where's what's what percentage level is he is he 80 85 90 mm, yeah that's a good question and he's a guy you that's got to run so right so like i mean that's what i'm saying i mean the the dante Moore thing i don't know UCLA hasn't had a test at all yeah so and you still you and Utah has because they beat a Florida team that suddenly beat Tennessee. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's in, it's in Utah. It's that that's getting harder it's a and tough harder. Place to play. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited for them to be in the Big Twelve. To be honest with you. Utah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they belong. That's where they I, belong. Big Twelve should have had them a long time ago. Anyway. Yeah. For the get. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you this one. Alabama <laughs> fighting Kiffins. Alabama is a seven point favorite. Is it? Is it in Tuscaloosa? Yep. I'm not sure why that matters to me because I I think Alabama's in so much trouble right now. Like, does this not have shades of? <laughs> Shades of Notre Dame <laughs> and, and past quarterback experiences. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of a like a like a, a a decent comp for this, but like the offensive line's trash. The quarterback position is in flux and isn't great. But I mean, you're still Alabama, and you're just like drowning in talent, especially defensively. I say. Your, their defense is still good, man, and they're. Yeah. I don't know, man. Fuck it. I mean, but like Lane, give, but like give, 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 give me old, cause... give me old missing them points. Give me old missing them points. Uh, I, don't even think, is... I don't even think. I don't even think much about this. Alabama's struggling at the quarterback position. Maybe you know, they could have me eat my words with uh, with Milrow, uh, you know, being named the starter again or whatever. Uh, but I think Kiffy's got his. I think they I think they could go in there and this could be like a 28 26 ball game pretty easily. I think so too. I like I I, I can see Alabama winning, but I don't see them winning by more than 7 points just because of the uncertainty of the quarterback's position and how this offensive line's played to this point. And I don't think that they've really established a running back. I still uh, think they're going to be able, they're not going to be able to pull away. No, no, I don't think so. Like, if Alabama wins this game, like, it could be 21-17. I don't see Alabama winning this game, you know, 30-22 to or something like that. Like, that's what makes this line at seven so ridiculous. Right. Like, what has Alabama shown offensively that would have you believe in them at all? Nothing. So, and that, that goes to, you know, the... 
uh, you know, discussion of like what a decision by Ryan Grubb not to take that Alabama job. <laughs> it all comes back to that, doesn't it? It does. And like Tommy Reese takes it. And now Tommy Reese is eating a shit sandwich and Grubb's got panics. So, uh, so this is the, the, the Tupac bowl. Um, the last two members of the pac 12, uh, Washington state and Oregon state, Washington state is a home dog. Uh, Oregon state's favored by three points. So Washington state plus three, I think DJ Uyunglele and the, uh, Oregon state defense, uh, are able to easily clear this hurdle. And I think Oregon state's kind of a, a sneaky player in the pac 12. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna agree with you in a lot of ways, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And I wish this game didn't have to be played. I feel, no. I mean, Oregon state and Washington state. I don't care about the fucking bowl loss, the Oregon state, Notre Dame fans. I just, the whole conference realignment thing yeah. and Jack Swarbrick's all worried about Cal and Stanford. Uh, but my heart is with the fuck is with Wazoo and with the beeves, man. And which have given us, so many, like Cal is such a boring fucking program. Oregon State and Washington State have given us many fantastic Pac-12 Oregon after State cost games. Uh, Pete Carroll National Championship. Right? I mean, I, I, I secretly love these programs. Like, not secretly, I'm telling you, I love them. I mean, like, I, low key, these are like programs that I like, I love the root for. And so the fact that they're both undefeated right after they basically got like left hanging dry by everybody else. I fucking love them. I sad this game has to get played, uh, but I agree that Oregon state, I just think their defense is, is significantly better than Washington states. Um, but I've seen crazier shit happen in Pullman at Martin stadium. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't it, uh, Oregon state in 2008 that kept USC from winning a title was the Rogers brothers. Yes. Check Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they went to Corvallis and, uh, didn't, didn't turn out the, the hottest for USC and kept them from winning a title. Cause they probably would have won a national title that year. Right. I mean, was it, wasn't it Washington state and USC and what was that 15 or. Oh, in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, and these these two programs have given us so much love. Pac-12 after dark, it's just Oregon State has the turnover chainsaw. Fuck, man. Yeah. Let me ask you something real quick, Brendan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these two, why does the Apple Cup and the Civil War have to end? Uh, well, like, I why, think the, like why why can't they keep playing regardless? I think the Civil War has been. I think the athletic director of Oregon said the Civil War is going to continue. Okay, good. So I'm the, not Apple, sure what the app the status of the Apple Cup is at, but I'm a hundred percent sure that the athletic director of Oregon said that the the Civil War is going to continue. So well, let's put it this way. I know like rivalries like this, when there's conference realignment get ended because there's a lot of pettiness, like, well, all right, well, you're leaving. Fuck you. We're not playing, you know, kind of one of those things. But in this case, like 
Oregon State and Washington State really fucking need those games. And they're in a perfect position to to play the PR role of being willing to keep playing those and putting the pressure on Washington, Oregon, keeping from like running away. Like these games should be played. Like this, like the only way that you could have college football realignment that's as crazy as what we had, and for it to make sense for fans, is by keeping as many rivalries as possible. Now the SEC was able to like re-import in. Uh, rivalries with their with their uh, with their real live deals. So like they've done it correctly. Like there needs to be the Apple Cup and the Civil War need to need to always be played. Always yes. be played. Yes, that's correct. Like this, do not I, do not regional regional games. Like fuck you, Texas, for the nonsense of not playing Texas, Texas A and M. Well, that's a, some of that's A and M's fault too. Well, it's all A and M's fault. It's all pettiness, which I'm sure you love. But, like, you need to play these regional games regardless of your conference alignment. Like, it matters to more people than just, like, the people that are there working. Like, the fans in the in your states. The fans right. in it Oregon. Matter, the fans in Washington. The, the fans yeah, in Texas. It matters they, to the people in offices. Exactly. Like, day to day. That's what, that's, that's what college football is there for. It needs to be, like. And that's what's sort of ridiculous about the fact that Notre Dame in, in in Ohio State's have only played seven times. It's like, you know, what's the distance that separates those two programs and you can't figure out a way to get it done more than seven times? Uh, a home-and-home home in the 90s and a home-and-home home in the 2010s, like your 2020s? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a little, it's a, it's a little tough to swallow. I think a lot of – during the majority of that time, though, Notre Dame was pretty well loaded up on Big Ten – programs within their schedule you know what i I mean i think i saw something about um woody hayes saying that he didn't want to play notre dame because of the catholics in the state of ohio is that a thing isn't that a quote that he had um i mean it's it's definitely if he didn't say it i guarantee he thought it let's put it that way which is which is what um you know fitz chrysler said about playing notre dame when they canceled the series again in like 44 or whatever. This is like, uh, we don't want the Catholics in Ann Arbor rooting for Notre Dame or whatever. So that's why they canceled the series a second time in the forties. Uh, outside, Catholics are powerful. Yeah. 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 Outside of the racist, uh, feeling Yost, I think when Fitz Chrysler canceled <laughs> the series, it was because he didn't want to have to play Ohio state and Notre Dame in the same season or have the Catholics in, in, in Arbor with split allegiances. So, yeah, I don't think that's the case with, uh, Oregon, Oregon state, but no. And yeah. And mark me down for, like I said, mark me down for Oregon state. I just feel like the defense is better. Oh, man. I can't wait. I, I said going into this, we were going to be simpatico and we are simpatico because we We'll see what Jude does with this. Oh my God! Oh my, we are. We've picked. Yeah, I told you when we're going into this. Like I know Jude decides the money this week, huh? Jude decides the money, and I put the full home field in there. So if Jude wants to follow along, we certainly can. Um, Penn State, Iowa. Penn State's a give me, point. Give me the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes. I don't. This seems like the easiest money. Like 15 points, 15 points, Jude, 
if you're listening to this before you make your picks, you better not fucking pick Penn State in this game because there's no way Penn State in the history. If you watch any, if you look at the Penn history State, of this Iowa games, games this yeah. is, these are not 15 point games. I think Tyler Hildebrandt in on the solid verbal always brings up, uh, you know, the 2005 game that he went to <laughs> where it was six to four and it scarred him internally. And it's like, yeah, that's Penn State, Iowa, six to four. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. 15 is just like, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a real number. That's not a real number. No, that's not a real number. Iowa go Hawkeyes. Go Hawkeyes. I don't think Iowa wins the game, but I definitely think that they keep it within 15. Is what if like, Iowa wins the game? I don't know. What I if, think that's, what, what if Iowa wins this game? What if I told you this game ended 18 to 10? Would you be surprised? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't know. 18 seems high. <laughs> 18 to 12. Like, like if you said this game ended uh, 12 to 12 to nine, that makes sense to me. Uh, and it was a uh, uh, offensive or defensive touchdown, and they failed the catch. Yes. Yes. Yeah, those aren't clean. Those aren't clean. <laughs> no, that's clean. None of it's clean. <laughs> so we get to the, the matter at hand here, and that's Notre Dame Ohio State. Uh pontificate about this game. I, I I mean you know my thoughts. I'm I'm picking Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm absolutely taking Notre Dame. I think that uh I'll echo your it doesn't have to be close sentiment because I can't stop thinking about it in my head. Like I cannot Let's put it this way. I, the chances of Notre Dame putting a smackdown on Ohio State are incredibly greater than Ohio State putting a smackdown on, on Notre Dame. That's they just are. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what that means uh, in reality, but when I look at games in that, in that sense, that just means that, I mean, obviously the ceiling is higher for Notre Dame in, in this game than in, than for Ohio State. Just, I mean, I just think it is. I think we overanalyze everything when it comes to these big games and it's generally just the meatball that says that give me the team with the better quarterback. And Notre Dame has that. We can't, we haven't been able to say that in these big games. Like we just have not been able to for a very long time. Yeah. And Notre Dame has the better quarterback here. It is without question. Kyle McCord may end up being a fucking number one overall pick in a few years. We don't know. But right now, Sam Hartman is the superior quarterback. It's not even close, not even close. It's like, this is like Trevor Lawrence versus Ian book, you know, and a lot I'm like, I'm not sure where it's right. Accurate comparisons, but the diff, the distance between the two is the same. Um, but I think Notre Dame gets the job done. I think like I guys, Audrick Estime is going to, you know, put some hurting. He's going to put some bruises on some, uh, on some Buckeye bodies, but he's going to have a few himself. I think they're going to use him in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, some of it's, you know, not as a decoy, but, you know, they're going to, pre- you know, if they're getting their success rate on, run, you know, running the ball isn't that great and they're going to get stuffed, you know, here, there, there and there, you know, it's going to happen. But that opens up that keeps, you know, your 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 game planning around what they're doing against. So, you know, I'm like talking in circles here because I just I. Trying to keep myself from just shouting that Notre Dame's going to win this fucking game, forty-two to fucking ten, but that's not going to happen. Uh, but I do believe Notre Dame gets a double-digit win out of this game. Better quarterback. I'm a meatball. Better quarterback. 
better. It's at home. The atmosphere is going to be live, legit, and just out of control. Brendan and I will be there. You know, home field magic is is a real thing. Uh, Just, it's going to be beautiful. This, I, 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 we need this. We, we fucking deserve this. It's been a long time coming. We fucking deserve this. I deserve this. Yeah, I mean. As an Ohio resident. My kids deserve this. Your children need this. I mean, they do. They really do. And, you know, the great thing about it, too, is regardless of what happened last year, regardless of what happened in the Fiesta Bowl or in 95 and 96, this is the last scheduled one. Yep. This is so it. You get the So you get the last laugh. Regardless of anything else that happens, the last laugh is – So we don't have to see that Notre Dame has – hasn't beaten Ohio since since the 1930s. Right. Which is what the this, narrative I, is. And they're all laughing at us. They're like, oh, I've beaten Notre, Notre Dame hasn't beaten Ohio State since Jesse Owens won uh, gold medals in the Olympics. Like, Yeah, and I just, I mean, Notre Dame, I just feel it has, they have that it factor, as generic as that is. They got, you know, 40-year-olds playing linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, 40 year old they have, right. so, so yeah, they have, they have, they have veterans, they have veterans across the, they have veterans across the position groups. There's their, their uh, skill players uh, are much better than we thought before the season. Um, even if we were high on them and I think we were, but I still wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting the distribution of wealth that we've been able to use, which just tells yeah. me that this is a talented and deep team. Why did we lose the? Difference. Why did we lose the Clemson in the fucking in the playoff game? Because Julian Love went out. Yeah. We didn't have anybody else behind him. Well, that not only did Julian like, even if Julian would stay, like the reason they lost the the Clemson in in twenty eighteen, like even if Julian Love stays in, like what do you win that game ten to three? It's not like yeah, you. It's not like Julian Love's going right. And and that this is the thing that separates Notre Dame from all seasons prior and from all big games prior, is that if Sam Hartman needs to throw Notre Dame to victory, Sam Hartman can throw Notre Dame to victory, which is and something you cannot say. Ian Book was not a love Ian Book, all time winning as quarterback in Notre Dame history. He was not love him to throw. Notre Dame to victory, which no. I mean, you saw the 2018, 2020 playoff games. And I just think we have the, I mean, I think our receivers are better, are even better than what, I mean, the national media has not quite picked up on it yet. I, well, bit of this, I don't think a little bit, don't great, think little bit of great house, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, yeah, a little great house. but I mean, like, but like even, even our very own Tim Priester, even our very own Tim Priester took a little bit of a backhanded shot at the, at the wide receivers and said, they're not a great group. Tobias well, I'm not sure if that, can't catch a back shoulder pass. I'm just not sure if that that verbiage deserves to be used, like saying they're not a great group. This is a good set of receivers. They've been proving it this season so far. They're doing a good job. You have I young mean, guys. Chris Tyree up. has four big splash plays, right? I mean, right. Chris and Tyree that, has been phenomenal for this Notre Dame offense to this point. And now you get big game moments. So we get to right. see if, you know, We'll definitely see how they handle that. But I think I think the runway up to Ohio State was about as good as you can possibly have. And just go fucking get it, boys. Get go it. get this it. Is the, that this dub, is boys. the time. If it's not now, then when? 
And I think Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame fans, like going into this game, if I can tell Notre Dame fans anything, call your fucking shot. This is it. This is it. We Notre Dame is going to win this game. Go into the game. You are going to win this game. Feel in your heart you are going to win this game. Call your shot because when Notre Dame wins this game, you've called your shot. You didn't hedge your bets. You weren't a coward about it. You were up front. You called it. It will feel so good when you call your shot and it pays off more so than you were like, I thought Notre Dame would. I I just hope they covered the spread. Fuck that. Call your shot. Own it. And when Notre Dame does the thing this weekend, you are going to feel so much better than you would if you didn't call your shot. Now's the time. Call it. Slam the button. Notre Dame's winning this football game. Do it. You know it. what you, uh, you know what you do? What do we I do? I just both teams have fun. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, last time – I think I've I, tweeted that before. I think I've tweeted that before every game this season. Do not think that I won't hesitate to pull it out again. I just hope both teams have fun. Brendan, though, give me a, give me a score for this game. Give me a score for this game. Uh, 31-20. Okay. I'm going to go with a little higher on both sides for my official score. We're going to go 34-24. I like it. Still that same like double digit win. I like it. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a late touchdown for the bucks too, by the way, that's a third, that's 34, 17 halfway through the fourth. How many picks does Kyle court throw? I'm saying two, two. Uh, yeah. Yep. How many picks does Sam Hartman throw? Zero. None. Yeah. Man's going to finish an entire season without a interception. I don't know it's about that. A, I think he throws up. It's going to be miraculous. A little wool or something. Something it's be miraculous. He's got, I mean, he's going to get to the point, right? Where he's going to push something. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's pushed a few. He's had two, at least <laughs> yeah, from what I've He's I had see, a couple of drops. Yeah. He's had two picks dropped from what I've I mean, say. the good Lord above. Hey. The man gave up a rib to be here. All right. Yeah. I mean, Adam gave up a rib for Eve. So. <laughs> and for mankind. Yeah. I feel like I mean, any, I feel like better Eve than Lilith, right? Nobody, nobody's about that Lilith life. Oh, dude. Well, I know plenty of people that would be about that Lilith life. Well, yeah, I'd rather give up that that rib for, <laughs> for Eve than that Lilith life. But like, uh, you, you know, that's because we're, uh, you know, every time I talk about Adam and Eve, I feel like I turn into Mac. I feel like I turn into Mac from uh, Always Sunny. Oh, it's sunny. Yeah. Like I, just, I just want to start shouting like dumb, ridiculous, like the earth is only 5,000 years old kind of uh. nonsense. Tonight I had to, uh, so right after football practice, I had to take the boys, the CCD, uh, and Carrie's teaching the, the second grade CCD class, which is a big year, you know, cause it's, yeah, uh, it's big, you know, first reconciliation, first communion. Uh, but Liv needed her nails done for homecoming this weekend. And because I wouldn't be able to get her to that place in time after football practice, I end up having to sub for Carrie for the CCD class um, as a substitute teacher while she uh, she took live. So lots of uh, (laughs) 
what is adultery? Like, I don't really want to explain that to a second year old what adultery really is. I had to come up with some very creative terms tonight. Like, oh, it's just when, you know, uh, when a mommy and a daddy are honest with each other. <laughs> you know, that, sense, that, Hollywood, sense, that right? Hollywood life. But, uh, you know, and, and Catholics are not, I mean, honestly, are not, the earth is 5,000 years old. They are not. Religion. They are not. No, they believe yeah. in the Big Bang and in the whole the like, yeah. yeah. Like if you're Catholic, you are not uh, beholden to the fundamentalist non-science version of you are of, not. Uh, creation. You're not beholden. If any, I mean, Catholicism basically and offended it, modern and it, science. And if you don't, and if you don't like it, you can ba- blame the Jesuits. All right, they're they're the teachers. But I mean, so, <laughs> but just having to like. Just saying the words, the first human beings, Adam and Eve, like in the class, like it's it's OK. There's second graders that I don't feel like I'm like being a liar saying it to them. You know, when we're talking about it like that, but it doesn't feel good either. Like, I don't really like that term first human beings. Bless and using do. time and using time frames, I just don't. Anyways, anyways. That's been sitting in my gut through this whole podcast. Kind of like reconciling with myself, teaching the kids the. Man, it was a lot. We went through a lot tonight. Oof. I don't know if we get through all that. We did. Oh lot, no, we, we checked all the boxes, and not only that, but on our picks, I think we had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks. And you and I were, what did I say before the podcast? Simpatico. Simpatico. And what were we? Dead nuts. Like seven for seven. Jude's going to be deciding all of these. Yeah. So, uh, so whatever money we win or lose is, uh, is Jude's fault. Jude's fault. Just don't pick uh, Michigan state, Jude. Don't put them back on. No, they probably won't be back on the picks this year anyways. With the, no, no, no. Maybe the Michigan game. Depends on how crazy that line is. It depends on how uh, sad that slate of games is. This is really the marquee slate. Like This is this is the this is when you're like you know, you feel pretty good, you know, right? Like we're you know, we enjoy being up there in the games. We get we're, you know, we're in the press box, so we're we're getting them for free. We got parking passes. We enjoy enjoy the company of the other of other people. Out that in the Italian tailgate lots. Last week phenomenal last week, by the way. But but this is what sucks about going to games. I'm gonna miss the whole whether, slate. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're whether you're whether we're you know you're covering the game like we are, or just or going as a fan to cheer them on. This is the this is the week that sucks being there. Huge game for you, and there's fucking nine huge games out there. And this is just like the big dogs. I mean, there's a ton of other. I mean, there's like there, I wanted to. I personally wanted to put like six other games on the picks this week. Be like Oklahoma Cincinnati was something that I was like super like super interested in, and like uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of games that that I was sort of like. Oh, I wish I could put like North Carolina Pitt is interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I think 
Yeah. Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Oh yeah, I, uh, that's what I said. Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was super interesting. Like even Michigan, Rutgers is kind of interesting because I think Rutgers has a pulse this year, and Michigan's kind of been going through the motions. But like Wisconsin, Purdue is kind of fun on a Friday. Yeah, uh, the Friday slates are actually. It's kind of good. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, NC State, Virginia is the seventh is the primetime games. Then the after dark Friday, uh, Boise State, San Diego State, and Air Force, San Jose State. I the, the Protestant I, Bowl I, I, well, of the, Air Force game. the Protestant Bowl of uh, SMU TCU is kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, Toledo plays Western. That's fun, right? Anytime Toledo and Western square off is kind of interesting for some action. Um, I mean Michigan, uh, Michigan State, Maryland. Um, what, you know. What's up, what's up with Eastern and Central? Both uh, did they take the same charter bus? Oh, uh, Eastern well, goes to Jacksonville State, and Central goes to South Alabama. South Alabama and South Alabama and Jacksonville State are two of the hottest. Uh, right, or uh, uh, the hottest newbies. Yeah, newbies. <laughs> the, that's fun, yeah, that right? Be, yeah, I wonder if. Hold on. I'm actually kind of interested. It's like South Alabama, South Florida rice is kind of fun <laughs> with uh, JT so Daniels. Ja- Jacksonville State is a six-point favorite. Yeah. And the ESPN uh, predictor is giving Eastern a 27% chance for a win. Oh, oh boys. Oh, boys. That's Rich Rod, right? The Jacksonville State's yeah. Rich Rod? Yeah, Jacksonville yeah. State's Rich Rod. And then uh, what's the spread on this? Central game. Uh, 15 for uh, US, uh, Southern Alabama. I would, Southern Alabama's good. Yeah, Southern Alabama is good. But even something like Arkansas-LSU uh, is fun, right? I mean, it's all very – like, this weekend's very good. Like, I love everything about this weekend. So You know, you know next weekend is uh, – Wyoming is the battle Wyoming Appalachian State is actually kind of a fun group of five matchup because Wyoming took Texas to the wire and App State took North Carolina I told y'all. to the wire. And or I guess we we told y'all like you were in yeah. about Wyoming, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were we were predicting a win, but like, hey, they're eh, it's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Go, go ahead and gobble up them points, boys. <sighs> All right. Well, we did the thing. We did it. We I think we hit everything. I think we talked about the game sufficiently. Um, I don't think we have any WNBA or anniversary notes without shoot here. Mm, nope. Just that it was happy birthday, Jimmy Clausen. We already Jimmy said that. Clausen's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have they? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Oh, if there's been any breaking news for the Sergio thing, right? Uh, just the fact that he's posting videos on Instagram. Sure. Buckwild videos, man. I, you know, I almost did a write up on the site, uh, about that when it was going on, but just, got, I got wrapped up. I got wrapped up as a personal life stuff and didn't get a chance to. And I'm just glad I did not. Cause I don't want to touch this. No, with anything. It seems very bad. It's like, it's, it's not good. Any way you slice it, any yeah. way you slice it. So, uh, prayers up to that entire family, uh, um, honestly. So, um, yeah, I mean, this, this, I'll be, I'm going to be glad when this week is over in a lot of ways. And, and I know we look forward to these weeks and they, they are a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work too for me. And 
<laughs> it's one of those weeks where where I'm like grasping at straws trying to like find time for things. It's like, ugh. Uh, so, but I am just like super excited about getting to Saturday and seeing this weekend of college football play out because this weekend is going to tell us a whole lot about the rest of the season. Um, and that not just about like, and again, this is not just about like the end of season playoff. Like this is going to tell you a whole lot about how the rest of the season can play out like the other regular season games. Like that's right. More I mean, like, like what I'm looking at. Notre Dame can still lose this game and still make the college football playoff. But like what, what makes it important for Notre Dame is if you win this game, then you have the ability to have a mulligan. Right. You can't you don't have a mulligan if you lose this game. If you regard beat Ohio State, the amount of cachet that you have accumulated, you could lose a game against a, a, a Duke or you even USC or a Clemson if it's just a one. But like beating Ohio State in this game gives you such an immediate boom for the rest of your season. That, that Regardless get, of uh, of anything else that happens around college football, say Notre Dame wins this game. 30 to 24. Where do you find, where does Notre Dame find themselves in the AP rankings on Monday morning? Number Monday five. Afternoon. Number five. I think that they should be ranked number one if they beat Ohio State because they have. Yeah, I do too. But just but I particularly think AP, five. I think they, I think they slide up to three. I think people are going to be really impressed with a win. And I don't, if, if, if it's a, if it's some kind of is Michigan is win, Michigan two? I don't know. I said it's hard to it's hard to tell. I mean, it's hard to make a solid prediction not having any other data to go around with it. But I think Notre Dame shoots up significantly um, with a win over Ohio State. I think. I mean, we we've seen it multiple, many, many, many years for lots of like. You get a big win like this early in the season. Uh, a lot of times, voters will not hesitate to like to Florida State or like Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say, if you beat Ohio, and they State, tend they tend to do it too for big, big name programs too. Right. Like they'll, they'll like, oh, okay. I could understand Notre Dame being behind a Florida State or a Texas. I guess I could not fathom anyone. After whoever wins this game, I cannot fathom Michigan being ranked ahead of whoever the winner of this game is. I don't I don't think that you can average like 32 points per game playing UNLV, East Carolina and um, Bowling Green, Bowling Green and continue to just sort of like mark them in there and they're getting first place votes in the AP poll, which is absurd to me. Just, just do the thing. Rutgers do the thing. Uh, yeah. The revenge of, of Ruth's Chris steakhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. So I still have time to mix this thing before I absolutely pass out from one of the longest days I've had in a few weeks. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for, for uh, taking the time to listen to all this um, reminder, get on over to Apple podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review, any review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next earn five-star podcast. So for Jude, for Brendan, thanks for listening and for everybody over at one foot down. And now 
here's Greg taking us out with his top 20 votes. Go Irish. Hey, everyone. It's Greg back with more top 20 picks for everyone. Uh, very excited to do this. And uh, let's see what we're, uh, where we're at. So um, let's do a rehash again. We did that last time. So let's do a rehash of my week three picks. Uh, one was Georgia. Two was Texas. Three, Florida State. Four, Ohio State. Five, Notre Dame. Six, Utah. Seven, USC. Penn State, eight. Oregon State, nine. Michigan, 10. Washington, 11. Oklahoma, 12. Mississippi, 13. Tennessee, 14. Uh, let's see here. Colorado, 15. Oregon, 16. North Carolina, 17. Duke, 18. Alabama, 19. Kansas State, 20. And uh, as, as, as of last week was the case, uh, there have been some ejections. There have been some teams that we are going to say goodbye to, one of which is Tennessee. Uh, goodbye. We hardly knew ye. Joe Milton, the, uh, the preseason poster boy for the strong arm. He's going to camps, throwing the ball 95 yards in the air or what it might be. Uh, we couldn't, couldn't. Couldn't handle things uh, against Florida, and so he's ejected. Uh, Tennessee is ejected. Goodbye. Thank you for coming. Didn't look good. Didn't even look good. No running game. Uh, Just not crisp. Didn't work out. So that's goodbye to Tennessee. Thank you for playing. Kansas State ejecting. Uh, It wasn't really a believer anyway, but someone's got to be 20, so they're out. And uh, look, this, this, this might be controversial to some. Okay. And I'm, I don't want to be a man of controversy all the time. I don't want to do that for the sake of, for the sake of clicks or views or whatever it might be. I don't want that to be me, but it is going to be me in this instance, Alabama. Goodbye. You're out of the top 20. I'm sorry, but I can't stand for that. 17, three against USF. One of the worst defenses in college football. You can't get it together. You got to figure things out. You know, and I understand the Tyler Buckner situation, but you know what? We saw Tyler Buckner put up like 500 yards of offense in a bowl game against South Carolina. Okay, that that performance is a disgrace. What do they got going on down there? Tommy Reese, figure it out. That's no good. You too many good ingredients. I know the offensive line is a problem, but I can't stand for that. I can't stand for it. And so that you got to get out. You got to get out of the top 20. Obviously, there's there's more weeks to come. They can bump back in, but for right now, uh, I'm not gonna rank them. I'm not gonna rank them. It's just uh, there's standards, right? Marcus Freeman says there's a standard, and uh and Alabama's not meeting it right now. They're going back to the original quarterback, Jalen Milrow. I thought he did okay against Texas. Uh, you know, the defense let him down a little bit, to be honest. I mean, he scored upper 20s. That would have been good enough last year. Not good enough for Alabama this year. And uh, what, what we saw last Saturday certainly wasn't good enough. So they're gone. Goodbye to Alabama. Uh, so let's go. Week four, top 20. My number one team is Georgia still. Uh, I think that's fair. I've made it clear. You win two titles, you stay until you lose. That's how it is. Texas is two. Um, I, you know, I'm monitoring Texas. 
with the way Alabama looked in week three, I, I, I have to admit I'm, I'm looking a little side-eyed at Texas. Okay, didn't have the most impressive victory last week. And um, my number three team, Washington, that's, uh, they look good. They look good. They're like the anti, um, like the anti-Michigan. Look good in every game, putting up big numbers, looking great on offense, looking great on defense. You know, they're knocking on the door of Texas. I'm going to give Texas one more week at number two. It might be Washington's spot next week. We'll see. Uh, Washington moves in. Florida State moves down a spot. Uh, not really their fault. Just, you know, I don't like what I saw out of, out of the BC game. 31-29, two-point conversion away. Uh, BC, not a good program. You know, look, it's it's not a big deal. Drop you one spot. But uh, we're going to keep our eye on that. Got a big game against Clemson. Who wants to get back in the top 20? You know, Clemson's, I know they're itching to get back in my top 20. So, uh, big game this week. We're going to have some clarity there. Number five, Ohio State. Number six, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame falls a spot because Washington moved in. Um, that's going to be settled this week, right? That's so, I didn't, uh, didn't want to think too much about that. That's going to be settled this week. And um, the boys obviously are previewing that game now. And that's going to be a great preview. Brennan's been been grinding on the film going off in the dms he's upset he doesn't like their running game them being ohio state thinks they're garbage i'm i haven't listened to the pod yet obviously i'm recording before the pod but it sounds like he's going to declare ohio state stinks that's my opinion but i don't know well let's see enjoy the preview everybody so that's another name at six utah seven continue to win games without their starting quarterback, without their thick boy. So he's in there at seven, USC at eight. And, uh, you know, look, again, they're not playing anyone. They got Arizona State this week. They're on a bye last week. They got Arizona State this week and the fighting Drew Pines. Drew Pine had four turnovers last week. You hate to see that. You know, you, you you wish more for Drew. Right. I mean, Notre Dame's got Sam Hartman and that's that's good. But you'd like you'd like Drew to show better. Um, And that's tough. It's a tough situation. Um, So that's another one that we're monitoring over there. But I I feel bad for Arizona State. It's not going to be pretty this week. Not going to be pretty at all. Penn State at nine. Uh, Listen, I had to uh, I had to drop him one spot because of Washington again. I, you know, Penn State, they look fine. Right. I don't have a problem with the way they look. It's just. It leaves me a little bit wanting. It leaves me a little bit wanting there. Um, you know, but we'll see. They, 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 they haven't looked awful, but it's just been – you think there's a little bit more to give. You think there's a little bit more to give for Penn State. So, all right, let's go to 10, Oregon State. Love them. Oklahoma's doing numbers. Uh, I've been impressed. I have to admit it. I've been impressed over there with Oklahoma. Mississippi, you know, looking good still. Looking good. Lane – is uh is giving out the spicy quotes and everyone loves to hear that uh oregon at 13 they've got the big one against colorado this week and i'm going to get to them in a second michigan they're all the way down to 14 okay they're basically taking uh washington spot michigan was at 10 now they're down to 14 i'm going to be honest with you these games are an embarrassment and i said it last week and i and to be honest, they're not going to be able – I'm telling you, 
They don't play a ranked team, and they're not going to play a ranked team till November 4th. There's an excellent chance that they're out of the top 20 because all these other teams are going to have an opportunity to actually do things and win games of, against opponents that are, that are uh, indicative of what good teams, you know, how they beat teams and how they play. And Michigan's not going to have that chance until November. And so when I watch a bunch of teams put it on the line against real opponents – who can actually do things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them credit for that. I'm going to give them credit for beating good teams. Michigan's not playing good teams, and so I can't. I can't. You know, I, I, don't, like, I don't like what I'm seeing. You can't score more than 35 points against uh, Bowling Green or UNLV or uh, who did they play? Bowling Green, UNLV, there was East Carolina. You can't score more than 35 against those teams. I don't like it. I don't like it. 75th in uh, total yards rushing per game. You're even worse in yards per carry. You're supposed to be a running team. I don't like it. I don't like it. So you're bumping down. I don't respect it. I don't respect it one bit. Duke at 15. They're bumping up. I said last week I might be disrespecting. They beat the, they beat the doors off of, of Northwestern. Now, Northwestern's no great shakes. But look, you, you play a bad team and you beat the doors off them. And that's exactly what Duke did. So full credit, I'm, I'm done disrespecting Mike Elko. Terrific football coach. What he's doing at Duke, of all places, needs to be, uh, needs to be noticed more by the powers that be. North Carolina, 16. Washington State moves in at 17. Really like how they look. And I, I dropped Colorado. Listen, Colorado 15 last week, 18 this week. Listen, I, 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 I think the Dion story is great. They're doing a great job. Full credit to him. You're at home. You're favored by four touchdowns. And you need overtime to beat Colorado State, one of the worst teams in college football. Um, you know, the story is nice, but that's that's not a good performance. I mean, if it's any other team, we're talking about how it's a bad performance. And I know that um, I know that Dion's not going to get that treatment from the media, not that he needs it. That's not, uh, it's not up to him the way that his team is treated. Uh, he's just doing his job and, uh, he has nothing to do with how he's covered. Uh, but I think that, you know, the media needs to be honest about that. It's not been good. It's not a good performance there. They've gotten progressively worse if, if we're being, if we're being honest and true. So, um, that's something we're going to monitor. Obviously, look, they've got a game against Oregon this week and we'll see how that goes. Uh, LSU at 19, they come back in. Uh, you know, it was a good look. It's good performance from BK's boys uh, last week. You know, against Mississippi State, you're on the road, and it was a fairly dominant performance for them as well. So good job by BK's boys. Let's see if that continues. And then Miami rounds out the top 20. Uh, they've had a couple nice wins. You know, beat up Texas A&M very good. Now, obviously, I don't have a ton of respect for Texas A&M, but but. You know, you, you beat the doors off them pretty good. So into the top 20 for Miami. Uh, many people are saying the ACC, second best conference in the country. That's what many people are saying. So that's going to do it for today. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the game. Go Irish. Hope it's a great victory. And uh, check out Hit and Hustle for the preview. Uh, Jamie and I are talking about it and all our content over there at Irish Sports Daily on our YouTube channel. Go Irish, everyone. Have a good weekend.